Dash. Two Dash. A 96. A 96. A DS Go. DS Go. A Parasolic. Parasolic. And here we go. And here we go. The leg can't tap, can't reach or can't tap. With the Vietnam. Kill the Vietcong. Didn't smoke no grass. Kick the lot of ass. Okay, so my podcast this morning, which is I don't do very many morning ones, man. I don't know what with the talking in the morning, like it's I'm not as good. Oh, as you you are usually do evenings. Yeah, we usually do. Evenings. Oh, sorry, I requested an earlier no, one. No, so. I, I, actually, whatever. I was I was gonna text you and say, hey, I'm available at seven too. Yeah, no, I, what <laughs> so. you call it? Uh, I was trying to get you here for for quite a while just because I'm in and out so much though. You are, uh, and and your your story and everything is. We talked for quite a while before the podcast. Um, it's it's interesting. I think that a lot of people could relate with it, coming from you know just regular background of regular guy, and then ended up in Fallujah and and you know all these places you went to with the Marines, um, and then you know I think a lot of people come home from that kind of service and they don't do what you did after that. Like you raised over a hundred thousand dollars. With, close to not over. I'm, oh, I'm okay. almost at over. I thought I saw an article that said over 100, but no, it's I'm close, close to 100,000. Yeah, 100, I'm, uh, I'm nearly at 100,000. Pretty damn big chunk of change. So, uh, and th- what was that for? Like, just explain what the because I, I I donated some money to it and I yeah read it, but I mean I'd like you know I remember because I, I could see all the names that come across. Yeah, good, so, good, good. Um, this it, it's for the Semper Five Fund. Uh, Semper Five Fund is an organization that assists um, injured and wounded service members pretty much immediately when you get injured. Um, what a lot of people, civilians don't understand is that when someone gets injured, especially in combat, yes, you're going to get taken care of. You're going to be operated on or whatever it is. But, you know, my wife, Kelly, she's a teacher, you know, yeah. and at the time, you know, she was still a newly a teacher, you yeah. know, at, at, at Carl Sandberg High School. Yeah. And she got word that I was injured and, you oh, know, I was man. being, wow. yeah. And then, um, you know, I was being operated on and obviously didn't know my status at the time. Um, Cause I was actually injured by a grenade and actually my status was pretty, I mean, I look, look fine now, but my status was pretty bad. At the right. Time. Right. Um, like I said, I, before the podcast, I saw a picture and you were, your chest was opened up. That was another time. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But, um, I know, um, you have to understand, you know, you got an enlisted individual such as myself and then you got a teacher. Our income isn't that bit, that, that high, you know, I just, I mean, we're no, public right. servants. Yes. Right. And then, uh, so they told her, Hey, once he's out of, you know, uh, out of Baghdad ER, we're sending him to, to Germany. And, uh, they said, you know, it'd be best that Kelly goes to Germany. And of course she's like, Oh man. Okay. So she's looking for plane tickets. Yeah, and right, right. So all that costs a lot of money. And this was at the time when, you know, cell phones weren't, you know, as popular as they are now and especially sure. the plans. So she's talking to a lot of the doctors and all of a sudden her cell phone bill just skyrocketed. And I didn't know this till after the fact. Right. And then they said, okay, now we're going to move Mike from, you know, from one hospital to another hospital. So I went straight from like Launch Stool to Bethesda and then Andrews and then Naval Hospital to June. So I got bounced, bounced around quite a bit. And so she's like, oh my God, where am I going to go from one, from one plane to another plane? So everything started stacking up pretty high with bills. Yeah, bills, right. Uh, and it's all being put on credit card. Um, and I didn't know this till like years later that December 5 fund pretty much, and I was still in the hospital bed, went up to you know, Kelly, and they said, here's a check to assist you on any of your needs. And they pretty much cut her a check. You know, I don't know how much it was at the time. And I still don't know how much it was, but it put a good dent in yeah. the credit card 
That's cost. a great thing to just, I mean, just straight up, just here's a check. Yep. We know you're doing the right thing. Just here's a check to, to soften the blow of everything that's going Correct. on. And it was brought on by two nurses who were the wives of two officers in the Marine Corps at the time. So December 5 phone was pretty much start off, started off in, in a kitchen with an idea to say, hey, what are we doing for our, our guys that are getting injured, especially at the time, you know, 04, or 05, 06, 07, 08. You know, we had high casualty rates at the time. And um, so December 5 fund assisted us. And um, Now, where's that today? Do you know how much? Because, I mean, you, you yourself almost... Almost $100,000. Yeah, they're, doing, they're still doing great things, and we still have guys in the fight. Uh, we still have, I mean, you know, I just had a, another buddy of mine just was just killed not too long oh. ago, um, and we have guys that are being injured as well. And so, December 5 Fund not only assists just the Marines, but they, obviously we're the Department of the Navy. So, you know, we have SARCs, which are special amphibious reconnaissance corpsmen. We have the Navy SEALs, you know, anybody that falls under the Navy. But we also they also assist um, the Army as well. So, okay. it's, it's called, you know, America's Fund. So the Semper Fi Fund also has America's Fund. So and obviously the numbers on the, the Army side, you know, the big Army is big Army. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. So they assist a lot. Numbers-wise, I'm not sure. I, I, I should have probably, I should probably know this, but it's on their website. Everything's open. I'll post a link to it, yeah, on, yeah. on, the, on, the, on the podcast. But uh, so, okay, so I know for the longest time, like, uh, your son wears a memorial. Does he still wear that same thing? He does. He's actually wearing a buddy of ours uh, who was killed. Uh, yeah. The year date's going to come around this year. He's just He was a Navy SEAL. Um, his name is Ryan. Um, so Seth's wearing Ryan's singlet this year. Every single year, uh, we dedicate, you know, the season uh, to one of our, not just any name, but somebody I know personally. And oh, it's a different person. I didn't know that. I a, thought it was. It's a different person every single year. I think I've read it down there where, where I was in Tulsa with you guys the, the when, he, when Seth broke his arm. That, oh, were you there for that one? I was there for that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was that was that was a fun event. No, <laughs> he was yeah, he was we're rolling right through it. And then yeah, that that injury happened, but he had that singlet there, and I remember reading, that was one of the singlets. Yeah, yeah, one of them. Right, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. Wow, that might have been the first year he probably started doing it. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I know I'd seen it on before, but I don't think I got a chance to like really read it until there when I when I was reading what was going on there. I knew it was a memorial one. So, can I ask how you? How do you deal with all that, man? Like that's a lot to you know. It's, you, you, yeah. I've known you for a bunch of years through wrestling, and you seem to deal with it like I wouldn't. You wouldn't know it. I mean, I think I'd know you were in the service and, and that you you had served, but I don't think that I would know that you saw everything that you saw and then lost friends and everything else. Like, I don't know. I, I hear these stories. People that really have a really really hard time dealing with it. And if you are having a hard time, you know, I, I understand. But like, it doesn't show on the outside. I don't see it. Uh, well, thanks, I guess. Um, yeah, no, no, we, we all deal sure. differently uh, with different situations. I mean, that's just human nature. Yeah. Um, I guess one way I guess I could try to paint you a picture is uh, our, I guess my first uh, catastrophic or my first, you know, I guess uh, horrible memory I could have is uh, during our first ambush. And I think it was there in 04. You know, I've, at the time, I've already been in the service for quite some years. And... Um, my, my captain was killed pretty much right next to me, you know, as, as we're running, he got shot in the chest. And, um, at the time there's, I mean, he, 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 he was alive to the moment he was pulled from me. You know, he pretty much was in my lap, you know, in my arms right here as we're stripping his body armor off and trying to see where his wounds are, you know? And I talk to his parents all the time. Um, Mike and Molly yeah. not from the show, but that's really right, their name. Right, right, yeah. Um, and they live down in Tennessee and I just saw them last year and I talked to him quite often and it was actually kind of hard when I told him that, you know, Brent's one of Brent's last, you know, words were, you know, you know, get me out of here, you know, 
or I'm going to die. I was like, shit, man, don't put that shit on me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, right. I was well, like, that's tough. But it, it's that's one of the one of his last words, and of course another one's like you know you'll be back home to your wife Amy soon, mm. and of course I have another buddy of mine that was there. I, I'll try to omit some names just because sure, some of them sure. are still yep. uh, doing some cool guy stuff. Um, that's what I call it, cool guy stuff. So yeah. they're still doing some cool guy sure. stuff, and um, I remember he was right next to me, and uh, he says, "Hey, give me some water." So he, I didn't have any water with me at the time. But my buddy had a camelback, and we're trying to, like, squeeze it and put it in Brent's mouth and, you know, do whatever we can. He's – and Brent was already, you know, he was a ginger. He was real pale skin. Yeah, and, sure, You know, sure. he had red hair. Yeah. But to see the life just get sucked right out of him um, yeah, no, is re- was really life-changing. And then at that moment, you know, once we made our way back after the after the fire – I mean, it was a pretty big one um, – you know, we, we got word that, you know, one of them, that Brent was, didn't make it. You know, you don't have time to mourn. You don't really have time to process that kind of, I guess, uh, I guess the sadness. Um, so either you just bottle it up or, you know, you put it to the side and think about it when you can. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, so my that one deployment, I was there for, I don't know, let's just say seven months later, finally come home. And I'm, I'm training, going right back, ready to go right back at it. So you really yeah. don't have time to start thinking. So I don't know if it's like I'm bottling it up and um, or just thinking about it differently. But there are some guys that, you know, that have trouble with it. And, yeah. and I don't know, maybe I'm just, just not as sensitive as some other people. And, you know, I've heard that people like tell you, Mike, you're not you don't think about other people's feelings. It's like, actually, I do. Right. You know, I just don't think it at that angle. Put it this way. You know, you hit angles in wrestling. Right? Yeah, right, right. But my angle when it comes to you know, hurting people's feelings or thinking about other people's feelings. It's, it's not about keeping them in a comfort zone. It's about progressing and moving forward. Sure. Sure. So sure. That, yeah, reality moves you forward. Correct. Cause if you actually sit on something, it's going to hold you back and you're not going to make forward progress. Sure. Now, and that many, goes with everything. How many deployments did you do? Uh, in the Marine Corps, I've had three. And then, uh, with my other service, uh, countless, I, I don't know. I've been, yeah. I've been deployed more than, I don't know, for, I guess, Eight years after that too so right right so right. I, I continue to still do work now see like i think the some of the biggest problems that i hear with the guys nowadays in the service compared to the guys back when my dad was in vietnam and my grandfather was in world war ii is the amount of times that they keep getting sent back like it's 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 taxing i mean there's it is I but i enjoy it the, yeah, yeah right i got a buddy that's in the air force and he's like you know, he's been to Afghanistan a whole mess of times and everything else. And it's just like, he's like, it's a lot. It's a lot to be away from family. It's a lot to, I mean, you got, you're, you're pretty busy guy family wise too. Like I love seeing the pictures of you guys hunting and, and the fishing and mm-hmm. the, you know, all that stuff too. So it's gotta be, I don't know, man, you gotta have a switch somewhere. You're flipping to be the guy there. And then the guy here has gotta be two different people. Uh, I, I'd like to think I'm the same person, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, my priority number one is my family, you know, yeah, and, then, right, right, right. Uh, and then everything else is secondary at the time. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm big with Seth and his wrestling yeah, and, yeah. you know, he, he runs cross country. I'm big with Carly and her, you know, and her sports as well. Sure. And I'm just big on, you know, just doing stuff at home for myself, such as fishing, hiking, you know, hunting. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'll be going on a hunt as soon as I get back from Super 32. So I'm headed out to Super 32 sure. this weekend. So I know you've been trying to get me on here, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, man. No, I, <laughs> and I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm always trying to get yeah. people on that are interesting. I, I just actually last night talked to a guy who was hunted on, hunted on five continents, and 
he's a big game hunter, and he's going to come on after. He can't right now because he's super busy with hunting season. Yeah. on. But, uh, you know, he's like, every free minute, man, I'm out there scouting or doing whatever I'm doing. But, um, so, yeah, it's, it's tough to track guys down. But, I mean, you know, that I, I, as long as I wasn't bugging you too much, you know what I mean? I no, you kept, weren't. I feel kind of bad sometimes. I'm like, damn it, I haven't got back to him. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. I, I, wasn't taking it, I wasn't taking it that way at all. Yeah. I, um, I, what's nice about this is I've gotten a bunch of times to talk to you, but it's always like five minutes here, two minutes there. Because, you know, most of the time I see you, it's a near, not near a wrestling mat, and you're off to coach somebody somewhere doing mm-hmm. something, and I'm the same. I'm, I'm booking this way, you're going that way. So, like, it's – for me, it's great to actually, like, have a in-depth conversation with somebody and get to know somebody that way then, you know, just quick. I, I, I kind of uh, – my analogy is it's like uh, – everything's like the news. It's a headline. You get the, the, the cliff notes real quick from someone. How's it going? Everything going good? Yeah, everything's going good. Yeah. But you didn't tell me anything. Like, I didn't get yeah. to hear anything. Um, social media is fine, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Most people on there, they're – posting something to be bragging about or, or some nonsense. So I, I don't pay that much attention to that either. But uh, so, okay, so just to give a, a, like a summary, because I, I want to go deep into it, is you, you mean like tons of combat uh, um, veteran uh, Marine, and then you, the, the, the thing that like is, is like, I don't make my eyes bulge out, is you did 26 long-distance triathlons in eight months. Is that right? Yeah, less than eight months. Less and two marathons. So, and two marathons, yeah. right, right. Which, yeah, don't, um, don't, don't let those <laughs> out. But yeah. 70.3 miles. So, I mean, do you just enjoy making people feel like they're fucking mediocre or what? <laughs> I mean, I see people uh, with a 13.1 on their on the, on the back of their car. There's the ones that say 0.0. Have you seen those? No. Yeah, there's like, you know, because they're, they're mocking the people that have like the 26 or the 13 and right. or whatever. There's one that says 0.0. So next time you're driving, like, that's what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, I like those ones that say 0.0. Right. I figure you just have a 26 70.3s on there and you know, make everyone <laughs> feel terrible. No, um, <laughs> I, I didn't mean to do that many, to tell you the truth. It no? Was, no, I mean, I'm... I guess you could say I'm a little bit seasoned now, I guess, as a triathlete. But prior to that, I only had like a year and a half under my belt. Like, I've never done triathlons right before. Right now, how, why, like, how did how did you hatch the idea? What, when did, because I mean, when I first met you, you weren't doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. No, you know? no, I wasn't. Um, right. uh, well, we had, I had switched clubs for wrestling. And then uh, there's a buddy of mine that's over there and he says, hey, Mike, you, you're pretty good at running. You ever decide to do the Chicago triathlon? And I was like, no, I never thought about it. So I did it and, you know, I got a bike and I started training a little bit for it. You know, I suck at swimming. You know, I'm a very strong swimmer. I'm just not fast. I mean, I mean, I could be out in a pond, a lake, a pool, whatever it is, and I'll be in there for hours on end. I mean, I'll, I'll tread water forever. You know, yeah, I'm, sure. I think I'm amphibious by nature, to tell right, you the truth, right. but I'm not very fast. Okay. Um, and then cycling, I got these big, big old thighs that, um, you know, I'm pretty fast with it and I just... You know, I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal, but I'm, I think I'm a, I'm a pretty good workhorse. And that sure. just comes with, you know, muscle memory conditioning just from the years prior and years past. And, you know, I just don't know how to say no to stuff. And now, what, what is the breakdown? Okay. So swimming, uh, swimming, cycling, and running. Right. Okay. Um, but each event's different. The very first race that I did was the Chicago Oh, the triath- distances are different. For yeah. Each. Oh, I thought so, it was a set thing. No, it's not. So the Chicago Triathlon, which is the one I did, was an Olympic race, which right. is like the swim is only like 0.9, I think. I, I don't even know the different the, the, the distance on an Olympic. So it's just shy of a mile. And then the, the, the bike is only, I think, 
I don't know, I could be wrong. Someone's gonna be like, "How do you do all these races? He's a bullshitter. Does yeah. it really does it really do them?" I was like, "No, I, I just do the race." Yeah. Right. Um, I think the bike is only twenty five miles, and then it's only a ten k, so uh, six point two miles. Okay. Okay. For the Olympic, when I did that one, I ended up taking like seventh overall, and I won my age group. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And right. and then my buddy who I was with and his wife was his wife was like showing. He's like, "Mike, you're look where you are." You know. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." You know. Yeah. Right. No, that's um, awesome. And then I decided to do, only a couple months later, I did the Steelhead uh, Half Ironman, which is a 70.3 race. So that same season, I decided to do the Half Ironman race. And that's the one that was really a kick in the junk. That really that really hurt. You yeah, know? right. Because I wasn't used to that long of a race. 70.3, that's... Yeah, that's and it was hot. Good. And this race actually had a lot of hills in it. So um, I finished that one. And then... A few months later, I decided to do the full Ironman down in Louisville. Okay. And um, in my eyes, I, I crushed it. I think I was just at the 10-hour mark. So it took me 10 hours to do that one, which is actually pretty good. Um, but I crushed it. Um, I mean, I beat a lot of people that were seasoned. Yeah, and, right. And right. I wasn't trying to race. I was just I was doing it at a comfortable pace. Now, now okay, so when you got into that... Did you, were you just like the hell with it? I'm just going to go start doing this. I mean, was it like a, you know, Forrest Gump situation where you just put the gym shoes on and start going? I needed a different, I needed a different outlet of working out, you know? Okay. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm probably a lot skinnier than I used to be, but, um, you know, you become who you hang out with. And of course, you guys just came are, off an injury too. You just broke your collarbone or something. Yeah. So I got hit. I was, I was at the Wisconsin Ironman and I got hit on my bike during the bike portion. So yeah, I had a separate AC, separated my shoulder, uh, clavicles broken, uh, the scapula tore all the ligaments in my my um, my wow. shoulder, torn bicep. Um, so that took me out for this year. But I was able to do the Berlin Marathon. I just came back from Berlin, Germany. Okay. So I canceled all my races and I just did the Berlin Marathon just last weekend, okay. two weekend, right. two weekends ago. Okay, so so you get into it, you're doing that stuff, and then when you, I almost think, boy, if in less than eight months you're doing twenty six seventy point three mile races there's no training you're training when you're doing the i mean that's 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 a ton of freaking races i mean you're talking about what uh 32 weeks or less and then 26 yeah um, setups so i mean how long does it how long does it take hours wise it it's like 10 hours you're saying to... oh that's for a full man uh the half one i averaged sub five hours so i did really well actually okay. um when i did um my 70.3 ironmans yeah um I averaged about five hour mark and then um some of them were faster some of them were slower depending on the course but the way i looked at it it was all mindset you know and i i tell this to a lot of the you know the athletes that you know i've worked with and yeah. i still work with and and uh just individuals themselves it's really all mindset they're like how the hell are you gonna do you know a 70.3 iron man every single day weekend actually it's just a long workout you know I'll, i so after i was done with my my race I would take a day off, maybe two days, Yeah. sometimes no days. What I would do as soon as I'm done with the race, I'd actually go for another jog, probably for about, for about another hour jog the next now why? day. Why? 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 why it's just, you? it's so, you, we all know about lactic acid. Yeah, or if we don't, lactic acid. If we don't know about it, you know, after you work out or during your workout, you know, your your muscles, it's not really for cramp, but your, your you know, the blood in your body, you know, it's not yeah, oxygenated yeah, yeah, right. for those who aren't listening. No, for, I, for those I think that's listening. something that, that a lot of people wouldn't know about. Um, I know a little bit more about lactic acid because my favorite fish to fish for 
actually is one of the only fish that builds up lactic acid. It's a muscular esox. Yeah. <laughs> they build up lactic acid, and then sometimes they cramp up so bad that they die. Um, because oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, the one, the only muskie I've ever killed, that's what happened, and it was too hot that day, not enough oxygen in the water, and it cramped up and it died. So, um, so yeah, and the wrestlers do the same thing. Some mm-hmm. some wrestlers will go run a couple of sprints after the uh, after their match to yeah. disperse lactic acid. Yeah, and it's basically ox- um, you need oxygen in your blood. Yes, that's, right. that's what it is. I mean, you're you're breathing so heavy. Yeah, you know, whatever, right. and not that you're hyperventilating, but, you know, you have to think, you know, oxygen goes into your brain, you know, and then obviously um, oxygen goes into your blood. Well, where does your blood go? It goes into your muscles. And what, what do you use when you're working out, whether it's lifting right. weights or cycling or push-ups, you name it. Well, our muscles have oxygen in it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just hold your breath. You're going to need oxygen. Absolutely. That's the same thing right. with your muscles. Right. So and I would actually, I would just continue to work out. So whether I was driving back home or flying back home right away, the minute I would come home, usually the next day, I would just continue a regular workout, a two-hour workout, three-hour workout. And then those Sundays when I would race, it's usually anywhere from like a five to six-hour race. So they were just long workouts for me right? in, right. in my mind. Now, how did you... You, these were all over the country, right? Or they, were they all in in the U.S.? Uh, two, one was in Canada, one was in Mexico. Okay, so, so three so countries. Three countries, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay, so how did you fund that? Like, how do you fund? That's a lot of travel. Yeah, so um, everybody that asked me is like, oh, you're fundraising for your races? I was like, no. So all the money that I raised yeah. went straight to the Semper Fi Fund. I right. didn't keep one penny of it. I love to say that. As a matter of fact, I can't even touch it, you know? Sure. Um it was all self-funded. I funded my own races. Really? Um, so I did a lot of, I'm horrible social media. I, I, I just suck at it. I know I'm bad at it. Kelly gets on me all the time. She's like, you need to post more of this. I was like, I can't. Can someone do it for me? And, right, right. Uh, I just don't know how to talk media, social media, I guess. You yeah. Know, I just, I get, there's really a lingo for it, and there's really an algorithm for that stuff, and you know, hashtags this and whatever. Engagements. The yeah. more engagements you get, the more people are looking at it. Yeah, no, I got it. So basically, I started contacting, you know, Orca, Normatec, you know, Theragun, all these places. And I said, hey, this is what I'm doing. I would love to have your product. I don't want to buy it, though. <laughs> you know, um, there are a lot of, I got, I'll say 99% of the time, I always got no's. You know, okay. I called hotels and said, hey, I'm coming to your town. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, right, I'm trying yeah. to do good things, you know. Yeah. But for me to good, do, good, do good things, I need help, outside help as well. Yeah. Hotels are horrible too. They're like, oh no, we'll, we'll give you five percent off. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So so, uh, and then we're start getting around like, hey, I got a I got a camper you can use once you head out to Maine, or yeah. you know, I got a house you know to stay at in down in Chattanooga. Or I got a house in Colorado. So friends started talking about, hey, Mike's coming to your town. Do you have a spare room? You know, when I was down in Florida, so I would say about half of my races, I had a place to lay my head just from word of mouth. Right, right. That's you know? good. Okay, all right. So I was able to save on hotels that way. So no hotel stepped up, huh? Not there one. Oh, not man, one hotel. Um, as a matter of fact, I got a good buddy that I work with. Um, he has a client who's pretty high profile, who's a high profile athlete. He heard what I was doing, and he put me in his condo down in Florida. That was where I did, that I did the Miami race. Yeah. And so and I never met him, uh, but he had, a, he had a big heart to... You know, let me use his condo while he wasn't there. Right, right, right. Um, and it's like cleaning a stranger going to your house when you're yeah, not there. Right. So, well, I mean, but if you got a, I mean, if I had a, if I had someone contact me and say, well, there's a stranger, but this is what he's doing, I would pretty much, you know, be like, well, he's obviously a guy that's on the level. He's not here to, you know, steal my TV. Yeah, so, no, you know, you're correct. Right. Um, so that helped a lot. 
um so i mean i was i still am very appreciative of all that stuff and you know there's i i always try to even return um the favor by you know making small things for them thank you cards whatever i can do sure sure i mean so the way well, I funded indirectly it, they're they're helping fund the semper five fund because yeah. they're putting you up and you know taking part of the burden out of it you're correct i mean you know i would think you should you know crowd fund crowdfunding and everything else you should have been able to like you would have had to donate less if you would have not had any help as far you're as correct so, so yeah. if if i would have did that was yeah crowd what a crowd whatever you call yeah, it crowdfunding yeah um they take percentages man i mean um, do the sites yeah I yeah so the like and if you were to donate through December, I mean, they keep they keep zero yeah you know yeah. so like i said 100 straight went straight to you know the veteran in need i mean and the reason i raised all this money was because first off they assisted me and i was like well it's time for me to give back mm-hmm. you know i don't have to i want to give back yeah and there i have friends that are missing arms i have friends that are missing legs i have friends that are blind um and they're all very active. I mean, they have, like, just like your house. I mean, you're in a wheelchair. Yep. A lot of stuff has to be outfitted. Yep. Some of these guys just don't have the ability to access. So that's where Semper Fi Fund jumps in. It's like, hey, you need you need your doorway widened up for your for your wheelchair? We're going to, we'll assist you. Right. Um, right. They're not there to give them a living, but they're there to assist. At least get them sure. forward progress. Yeah. That's right. all it is. Right. And that's what the Semper Fi Fund did for me when I was in. They kind of, like, took some of that burning off with their, you know, the, the credit card bills that we had. Well, you're going through enough as it is. I mean, they have the financial problems after all mm-hmm. of the other stuff is, is that, yeah, there's thank God for stuff like that. So you're correct. And, um, to me, if, to me, actually, if you, I feel good knowing that, you know, I'm helping out other people, whether I meet them or I don't meet them. Right, right. And I still continue to do it. I still continue to raise money and I still continue to race. Um, and I'm doing other things too. As a matter of fact, even Seth is now, Starting to do the same stuff. I mean, Carly did a lemonade stand over the summer, and um, she donated all her, uh, what does it call it, the profits? Yeah. You know, to yeah. the shelter, the animal shelter. Nice. You know, nice, she, nice. she's a big animal lover. Right, right. So, and like, and Seth's trying to find a way to do, um, so I'm hope, maybe I'm bleeding off onto them, you know. And, I hope and, so. And they're right. marrying off of me. Right. But, um, you know, there's these youth athletes that are disadvantaged, that don't have the ability to pay for, you know, you know, a sports card like for football wrestling you name it mm-hmm. or gear and um if there's a way that we can assist you know or seth's, seth's idea assist uh some of these athletes that are disadvantaged i mean not everybody comes from a family with a, a mom and a dad nobody comes from a family with either of those right you know? right uh, yeah, a, we were talking about beat the streets and you were like the biggest thing you're upset about with beat the streets is they don't have like a platform mission statement mission statement yeah. for exactly what they're doing that they could help out well, i'm not really these. upset i'm just like right, well, but it was where like is the, it? it was the yeah. biggest gripe you had with it. it was like you know where yeah but th- this should be here this should be the foundation of what you're doing and it's not there like yeah, yeah. they're assisting you know disadvantaged yeah. youth athletes but it's just like you know if they p- promote that you know to do better right they would i mean you got to think i mean if we can have some of these athletes youth individuals in sports rather than on the on the streets or or you know you know mirroring their their parents bad habits whether it's alcohol drugs or violence whatever it is sure or just sitting on the couch clicking a tv you know or or playing playstation whatever it is we get real caught up in like uh my my boys are seniors in high school so like colleges are, are sending letters and texts and calling and stuff like that and you know the the mindset on my boys gets to be like, well, where am I there? They want to, they're, they're in AP science, AP math, and they, they want to be engineers. 
Um, so they're really like scrutinizing colleges and stuff like that. And I, I set them aside about a month ago. And I'm like, listen, I go, that's great that you're, you know, focused on that stuff. And then you should keep yourself working hard and doing the right thing. But I go, you know, you're in a position that you'll never not have a place to live as far as with me or something like that. I go, so, you know, you guys should also think about as soon as your college is done or you're, you know, you're done getting your first degree or whatever you're doing, you can, you have the ability to join the Peace Corps. You can go serve your country. You don't necessarily need to serve it in the Marines. Yeah. You could do something. There's the Army Corps of Engineers. Yeah. They build stuff. Right. <laughs> you so know? you can go yeah. dig wells in, yeah. in another country, something like that. So, and they, they were actually like, really? And I'm like, yes, because when you're 23, 24 years old, that's the time to do that stuff. You don't have any encumberments where mm-hmm. when you're 36, it gets to be a whole lot tougher because you're trying to, you know, feed a family and everything else. So um, I commend you for for it. Um, yeah, I, I think there's people that on the outside watching you run all those marathon or all the uh, long distance triathlons thought like it was some sort of ego trip or something like that. But I, I was sure it was. Holy shit! Look at all the money this guy's raising yeah. for this fund. And how else do you draw attention to yourself for something like that? But do something amazing as far as like you know that's there's people that run a half a marathon and they treat it they they're not trying to win anything. They're just out there trying to like you know make an accomplishment. And I commend them for that too. I think those are the best ways to stay in shape. I had a guy that owns a jujitsu jujitsu dojo or whatever it's called um, in here. And he's like, you know, if someone wants to get in shape, a better way to get in shape would be to, like, come roll instead of, like, going to L.A. Fitness because then you're actually doing something. You're going to go compete. You you have a motive to get in shape rather than – so, I mean, like, a byproduct of what you were doing was you had to be in phenomenal shape to be running all those. And um, yeah, I would, I, would say, I would definitely say so, yeah. And, I mean, did you do anything – I mean, you know, there's pro football players that are making millions of dollars a year that come up with a hamstring or what were you doing to like? Do we... I've always been in shape, to tell yeah. you the truth. I mean, I've always been active. Um, I don't know if it's the, you know, the ADD in me or whatever, but I've always anywhere from lifting weights to, you know, you, you name it. Um, right. I've always liked to push the limits. Um, I don't know. I guess Kelly always says, you know, when you do one thing, it's, it's either all or nothing. And that's right. just the way it is. I really don't have down the middle road like there's some people that just do stuff to do stuff um if i do something i'm gonna go all at it i mean oh yeah obviously not just now with racing that's just just with anything i don't know if it's physically possible for some people to do what you did to be honest with you like oh actually you know i had this conversation um before and what the hardest part is it's not the physical part and you're saying it's you're saying it's physically impossible it's it's actually it's very possible a lot of people can do it um which like really, a, Mike, you, you, you're taking it as it was pretty fucking easy. Which it is wasn't insane. easy. So they say completing it was also, I'll, I'll put it this way. Completing it w- was hard, yeah, but not impossible. Now I raced every single race where I was trying to win my age group, trying to be like top 10%. Yeah, you were being you know, competitive in it too. Right? Very competitive. Right. That's the hard part because I figured that, you know, you know, what, I'm just going to do these races and try to stay healthy. And I was just like, after the first and second race, I was like, screw this, man. I'm going to, you know, I have friends that have problems, you know, getting up in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. they got to put on a leg, you know, Yeah, right. Uh, I got, right. you know, everybody has these problems. I was like, if, if the hardest thing for me to do is just suck for five hours or six hours, you know, and hurt, you know, then yeah. I can do that because there's individuals out there that are hurting 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of their life. Right. Um, right. so that's just some of the pain that I was just trying to accept for myself. And then, 
But if you're just going to do a race to do it, yes, I think it's totally possible. The other hard part was just being gone and and still trying to make a living too at the same time because I'm using my own money Mm -hmm. and still trying to make money at the same time uh, on my own and then being gone from the family. So my family was very supportive with it. Um, So some people can't be gone from their house for a week without them being crazy or their wife going crazy on them. Like, where have you been? What are you doing? You know, if you know. The thing is with me and Kelly, we've been together since 97. She's used to me being gone, you know, even years at a time, right. you know, or nine months, seven months at a time or three months or maybe even being home for uh, two years at a time. So we have that inconsistency of like, oh, Mike, you got to go. OK, it's cool. I'll see you when you get back. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, Kelly's pretty cool. She is. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I mean, I talked to her a bunch of times and she is really, really, you know, like uh, level headed and, and, you know, like it takes everything in stride sort of a thing, you know. And yeah, I mean. The both of you are from from my vantage point. So, like, I see a lot of people that are that are parents, and I don't think they're. Uh, everyone's got their own thing that they want to do. That's fine. But um, I broke my neck in two thousand three. My sons were a year and a half old. My daughter was three. I had a fine life before I broke my neck. I was, you know, have I mean, made a lot of money. Did did whatever I want to do. I spent. Uh, a week, you know, uh, snowboarding in Tahoe or Vail or something like that every year. I was a couple weeks in Canada every year. My life was going great. I broke my neck, and the very best time of my life has been raising my kids. Yeah. And it's been all with a broken neck. <laughs> so, like, it, it, it has. It's been mm-hmm. – I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, if someone said, here, you know, here's a billion dollars, what do you want to buy? And I'd be like, well, can I buy five more years with my kids mm-hmm. as kids? Because my guys are all grown now. You know, my boys are 18. My daughter's 20. That's gone. And, I mean, uh, it's been amazing. So when I see people that are being parents on the level that you guys are, I think it's terrific. I I think it's terrific that you guys, and you don't seem to take it for granted either. Like, I see Kelly's posts on social media, and she's like, you know, so happy when you are home and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, spend time with the kids. And just the fishing you're doing right out by the, the pond that's by your house and everything else. I mean, yeah, I mean... I pat you on the back, I tell you. Oh, well, I mean, appreciate it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, and I mean, I've been through a thing or two, but to be through everything you've been through. And so, okay, so back to you. You joined, you enlisted in the in the Marines in what year? 97. 97. Mm-hmm. And then you were you were done with, with that in what year? 07, so 10 years. 07, 10 years. Now, why why that decision? Uh, I had got injured. Uh, it, was one, was, it was my okay. severity uh, severity of my injury. I mean, I could have stayed in, um, you know, fought the med board, which is the medical board. Yeah. You know, at the time, they were like, you know, I had a case manager in the hospital. Because you were going to be a lifer, obviously, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, 10 years, and you're, you're planning on doing 20 yeah. at least, right? At a minimum, you're correct. Yeah. And, I, and I, had, I was doing very well. I mean, not to brag, but everything that I do, I'm good at. Yeah. So I, I thought, I, you know, I thought I was a really good Marine. I, I was doing very well. Um, and I love, I love being a Marine and you know, it's, you know, you hear guys talk about like, I can't wait to get out after my four years. I was like, you know, they're my four years. I was always trying to find a way to get faster, get stronger, get smarter, improve myself yeah. every single time. I don't care if it was anywhere from, you know, not tying to knowing formations, knowing, you know, uh, weapon skills, you, you name it, you know, sure. um, I was always trying to improve myself one way or another. Um, and to me, that was just my own challenge. And then when I got injured, you know, my case manager says, hey, Mike, you know, we could put you in for retirement. And I was like, retirement? Hell, I'm only like 26 years old. Why would I want to do that? You know? Yeah, right. And of course, she gave me all, a lot of my options. Like, you know, if you retire now, not that you have to retire, um, but you have a good case for retirement and stuff like that. 
you can go home with your family, you know, have a different life. And I was like, oh, okay. But then yeah. again, I, then I got recruited right away. Sure. Um, and then with that recruitment, I might as well have stayed in because <laughs> I'm always gone. Now, but I mean, do you find one lifestyle to be, I mean, are you able to, do you have more freedom to do what you want? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I'm going to say, because I, I mean, you're pretty much under the thumb of the Marines when you're in the Marines. You're going wherever they say go and, you know, you have choices. Sort of yes and no. I mean, um, what I did in the Marine Corps, you know, it's more of a specialized thing that I did. Um, now, if you're just uh, in a line company or if you're under a line company, infantry unit, um, or if you're just in the basic Marine Corps, yeah, you, you I guess you do have the spotlight on you and you're going to go where they tell you to go. Sort of, yes and no, but you make your own pipeline at the same at the same time. And I was making my own pipeline at, at the time. And... Um, but yeah, with where I am now, you know, I, I can kind of choose to work when I want to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to work. If I don't work, then they I get taken off the off the roster, and then, right, right. then I have to go get recertified, and it's a whole process of starting over. Yeah, because I think I ran into you at a wrestling meet the one time, and you were you said something about you were going to like take like a, a long span of time off, and you were going to be home for like a while, mm-hmm. and like so. I mean, that's a freedom that you wouldn't have if you were. You're correct. Yeah, that. I mean, I wouldn't be. I mean. Who, who knows where our lifestyle would be right now if I stayed in, you know, right, I, mean, right. I, I could be living in North Carolina, I could be living in California. Who right knows? Now, I was, I was born in Buford, uh, on, oh. a, on the Naval base there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so who knows where I would be? Right, right, right. So yeah. Cause I mean, that's what, what you always hear about people that are in the service and you know, with your son's wrestling and, and, and your daughter's other sports and stuff like that, but that, that probably makes it tougher to get embedded in coaches and everything else when you're traveling like that oh like, without you know, a doubt i mean and then you know i love relying i want to put it this way. i love um getting outside input you know outside leadership outside you know you know guidance for my son so he can see you know how other people communicate how the other people teach and stuff because you know you know as much as i know that you know your kids are willing to listen to you for so much sure. and for so long and what they want to listen to you for or with. And then Seth does that too. You know, he's just like, you know, dad knows this, dad knows that, you know, I'm going to do it, but you get outside guidance that kind of opens up their eyes. Absolutely. I, I just had, uh, we were in the gym lifting last night and, uh, Garrett said something to me about, uh, you know, why wouldn't he listen to, Oh, we were watching Troy and he's like, why won't his, why won't his uh, nephew or, or cousin listen to, to Achilles, he's freaking Achilles, and I go, "Do you always listen to me?" Yeah, there. he's like, he's like, "Well, no." And I'm like, "I go, do you think that I would ever do anything to put you in a bad situation, or do you think I would ever tell you to do something that wasn't good for you?" And he goes, "Well, no." And I go, well, "You're still not gonna listen to me all the time." He goes, "Well, no." And I'm like, "Yeah." So there you go. Right. Ding. Yeah. Right. So you need. I always felt in, especially in wrestling, because it's such an individual sport and everything else. I always felt that it was better to have other people's input than even mine mm-hmm. because you can listen to me for me to tell you take the trash out you can listen to me all day long for everything else you know and if you're a good wrestler it's what you're doing outside of practice anyway that yep. makes the difference yep. so uh but you know so i like other people to be coaching my kids i i try to stay away from it as much as possible and then i got the extra added all summer long, my sons are working 50 hours a week. You're, they're in my neighborhood uh, building quite a few yeah, decks, I yeah, think. Yeah, uh, we were, I, I stopped and talked to them. They said they saw you. They yeah. said they saw you and uh, the Beckers, I think, were over that way, too, or something. Becker lives right by me. Yeah, so, yeah. Right, right, right. But, uh, did they ever finish it? 
Oh yeah, the okay. job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, because they, they know when I talk to them, they're like, "Oh, we're waiting for the delivery." They're, they they had screwed yeah. it up. Yeah, okay. it was jacked up. Okay, well, good. That's got good. That right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it was a big job. That was that was a that was a um, uh, it was like a second story deck, and uh, they were over there for quite a while. But so I mean, they have to listen to me constantly telling them what to do constantly and wrestling's been awesome for that as far mm. as like you know you can play a lot of other sports and not have very much engagement with coaches if you're a baseball player yeah football but, basketball yeah, you if, name it but if you're a wrestler boy you're engaged with that coach for the entire match mm-hmm. if you're good you're engaged with them a lot during the week you know mm-hmm. for what you're going to be doing and everything else too so the, you know there's a lot and uh, you know like i said I always encourage everybody. To, I think that wrestling is for everyone. Um, when I see parents of, oh, my son's, you know, autistic or he's shy, and I'm like, it really doesn't matter. You know, the the triathlon thing, probably like you're saying, is for everyone too. No one's saying you got to win your your age group. Mm, no, nope. right. But you can get out there. It's going to make you a better you. Oh, it's a kick in the junk. I mean, you go out there. For those who haven't done it, I mean, if you don't know what it's like to quit. You know, that'll test your limits right there, especially if you're pushing yourself. I mean, you get the heat on you. You get that dehydration on you. You get, you know, you're, you know, you're depleted of your nutrition. Um, You know, that deprivation of, you know, just sleep, food, water. You know, it's, there's a lot of people throwing the towel, you know, when it comes towards, you know, the run portion of it. Right. You know, because who wants to go run another two hours plus after you get, no, I'm just saying that's for the 70.3. Now, if you're running, if you're running the full Ironman. You know, who wants to go run another four and a half, five hours? Right. right you know, it's, right, I mean, right. if you want to throw in the, if you want to know what it's like to throw in a towel and uh, just beat, beat your own guts, you know, go do an Ironman. Yeah. So. Now, see, I, I, I would ask you a stupid question, but there was never a time during that, uh, that like, you know, eight month period where you were like, this is not going to work out. I, no, I, I did not, see an article where you lost a bike. I didn't lose the bike. <laughs> right. No, no, but a bike yeah. got lost or got stolen. So yeah, um, so that was at, I, there's I, some I was, bumps in the road for sure. A, a lot of bumps. So uh, one of them was um, I was headed actually to the World Championships. So it was pretty cool. I got to I got to race at the World Championships, and um, I forget what airline it was. Now, is that is your qualifier for that? Yeah, there is. Okay. I, I qualified right. even for the year after in South Africa. Okay. So that's how well I did. Was you know I was able to qualify for the World Championships, but. Um, I forget what airline it was. They did not deliver my bike. And I seen it. I seen it on the tarmac. I see them. I was like, there goes my bike. Can I get that? They're like, oh, it'll be sent down. Sure enough, you know, I get down there. They're like, oh, we'll get it to you within five to seven working days. I'm like, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> well, it's okay. So I have a story similar to that. When I travel on a plane, and travel on a plane when you're a guy in a wheelchair blows. It totally sucks. Because they put me literally on a dolly cart. Oh, I'm pushing. <laughs> yeah, no, because the chair does not fit down the aisle in the plane. So, like, you have to, I have to get out of the chair and go on this, like, goofy. It's a fucking dolly. And it's got a little seat on it. And like, so is, is it a wheelchair dolly? No, it's like oh. it's a dolly. They tilt me back and push me down the thing. And then I got to jump onto the seat. That's all fine. But we will not let them. They want to, every time they want to store my wheelchair underneath yeah. the plane, never. Because, well, you can't race your race. I can't go you can't anywhere. anywhere. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're stuck. They're not, they're let me take that dolly home. Um, <laughs> so uh, I make them take my chair every single time and put it like in the stewardess, like you and know, they do in it the, in the flight attendant. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, we throw a fit until they do. They fight it every time. Um, the bigger bitch with that stuff is, is that I if I go somewhere, 
um, for any length of time, I got to bring a shower chair with me too. So I'm a guy with two chairs in the, in the airport, loads of fun. And, uh, they want to store one of them obviously underneath the plane because mm-hmm. they're not going to put both of them there, which they, they can put the shower chair down there. That's fine. I've resorted to, instead of even trying to do that, I ship it UPS. I ship the thing to the hotel. Yeah. But I mean, airlines won't charge you a fee with the whole ADA thing. Yeah. So yeah they yeah. shouldn't at least. And, but it, now, it now, you, now you got to pay UPS. I know fees. it is expensive, but at least I know it's there. So I'll ship it like a week before and then the hotel just holds it in a, like mm-hmm. in a room there for me. And I know it's there because if I get somewhere and they lost that damn chair. You're stuck. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm in trouble, man. Like that. that you It's not like the handicap stuff is so. Well, they, they would probably give you a chair, but it's not going to be conducive to right. you know, your That's size the, and everything. Exactly so. where I was going. Right. So like the bike thing. No one would just lend you a bike. No, so yes. Yeah, so what happened was Quintana Roo, who I ride, and they've been phenomenal throughout my whole journey, uh, especially when I broke the record. Um, and even now, Quintana Roo, um, which are, they're out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, you know, they got wind of it. They're like, so they gave me my exact bike, well, fitting and everything, and they they fitted me. They they fit me when I was down there. They're like here, here's a bike. Is they have a booth on site? At the, at the well, that's where the headquarters are. At least Quintana. Okay. I, I just I, that was just a luck. I mean, I mean, the stars, the moon, they all aligned that day. Got it. Um, and uh, Quintana Roo was on there, and they're like, they saw that I was kind of like, you know, pissed off, distressed, and they're like, "Well, what's going on?" I was like, "You know, yeah, like, right, right, um, right. They're like, what, "What size do you have? What, what model do you have?" And you're self funding, so like, this is a whole big waste. They're correct, just right. and and there's races where you can rent bikes. Oh, but okay. they're not cheap. Right. I mean, right, right. they're still going to charge you four or 500 bucks, Sure. you know, for a bike, you know, four or $500 for the type of bike that I have, at least, you know, you can, you can rent a, a lower end bike for probably even two or 300 bucks, but still that's pricey. That's really um, pricey, and, right? and the bikes that you see out there that look like, you know, space, space, spaceships. I mean, they're, they're pricey, right. you know? Um, so, um, when I was down there, QR Quintana Rue, they said they gave me a bike to use for the race. Um, they, they, uh, linked me up with the helmet that I use, which is Rudy, Rudy helmets that I wear. And they took me to their booth and say, Hey, here, this is Mike. You know, they, and I was, and I didn't give, I didn't give myself this name, but like, Hey, here's the Patriot racer. So I was named the Patriot racer. Yeah, I've seen that on some of the articles. Yeah. So I, I finally made a website on that. And then actually a buddy of mine is like, Hey man, you're the Patriot racer, you know? So he's like, hey, this this is the Patriot Racer. Like, no, no shit. You're yeah, right. if you can was, name it, that helps out. Branding is they, good. Right? Yeah, they wanted just wanted pictures with me and everything. I was like, take all the pictures you want. I don't care. You know, right. I was like, going to take off my shirt. I'll do that too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes, man. So they actually gave me a helmet too, and those helmets aren't cheap either. Yeah, you know, the helmet they gave me was a few hundred dollars worth, yeah. and so at least I was race ready for my bike. You know, and um, the couple hours before the race started, my bike showed up at the house that I was staying at. Oh, really? And then I was like, no, it was, which was great because now I felt more comfortable in my sure, bike. Sure, sure. So, you know, I called one of the techs that I talked to. His name is Sam down at QR. I said, hey, Sam, my bike's here. I don't need yours. He's like, okay, bring it by. I'm going to, I'll build it for you because yeah. my, I always disassemble my bike. Not only did he build it, but he cleaned it up. He cleaned the brakes on it. You know, you know. Yeah, it was better than it would have been anyway. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And so that was probably, you know, they, they, uh, they made my bike look like a Gucci model, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Now, okay, so, so okay, so you run all, you, you run, like, some people, and there was a question that was that was put on, on uh, Facebook. Uh, I hear stories of someone, and I, I know it's somebody that's, like, super competitive, 
that's trying to win a marathon or something like that. But you hear about them like losing bowel control. You hear about all this other bad stuff like going on with their bodies in a 26.2 mile run, 70.3 miles in an Ironman. Uh, I'm not going to the bowel. Yeah. Man, I'm not going to ask about that. But like with all those, you weren't experiencing anything like joints or some bad like. Oh, uh, the, my second race. Where was I? So I did like have a suit thing. I was down in Galveston, Texas. I had a huge crash, uh, calf strain in my left calf, like calf where I thought I actually had a, a tore something. Right. Because I started pushing myself, and actually I, that's where I was trying to qualify for the World Championships. Once I found out at the turnaround point on the run portion, I was like, man, there's only like four guys ahead of me. So that's when I started pushing myself. Yeah, sure, qualify, right. Sh- yeah, right. sure enough, that's when you know it's hot, you're dehydrated, you're low on sodium, electrolytes, you name it. Um, so how I, much did you learn during all this? Like you had, a, I mean, I'm still learning, but yeah, right. Yeah. But I mean, you had to learn quite a bit with all those races, like about your sodium, your like. Oh yeah, you, know, you really got to push. The, when you're not thirsty or hungry, you still have to eat. Yeah, right. You still right, have to right, drink. Right. Um, if you wait to the moment, and I've always known this, we tell this to a bunch of athletes. If you wait to the moment they're, they're thirsty, it's too late. I don't sure, know if you've ever sure, heard of that sure. before, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. Um, yeah. That goes tenfold in a race. If, you, if you're if you if going to where you think you're thirsty, you're way behind the power curve. Right, so you should be just dealing with the science, right? Like, I know how much calories I'm burning. Yeah. I know what I got to put in. Yeah, so like on the bike, like, I know I have to at least take in close to 1,500 calories. Right, and that's a lot. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. when thinking about it, on you know? On a bike. On yeah. a bike portion, because right. I'm going to be on that bike for well when i push it really hard i could be on a bike for about two and a half hours or you know two hours maybe on the low end but you have to think if you're pushing hard you're 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 using all those calories so i was like oh man i gotta eat these gels i gotta eat these cubes i gotta eat the my 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 wafers or i gotta drink that has calories in it i was like okay that's 300 calories there that's 200 calories there i'm at 500 calories right now i gotta be at least a thousand a minimum thousand calories to 1500 calories by my warm, by the time I get done running now, or any, to my run portion. Any sponsors with that kind of stuff either? So like, I never got any sponsors. I did get support though. There's a huge difference between sponsors and support. Support meaning that, you know, um, Brooks was providing me with three pairs of shoes. Okay. So you got to think, I mean, those are $125 pairs of shoes. Yeah. You know, that's, that's money I didn't have to buy. Right. I mean, that's money I didn't have to spend for my shoes. Orca was huge on giving me a wetsuit. Um, and then some some jammers to swim in. Uh, they provided me with my my goggles, so that's just money I didn't have to spend right there. Yeah, right. Um, QR didn't really do much for me, but they give me huge discounts. Okay, so um, what would be the difference between the sponsor? Sponsor would just sponsor gives you money. Pay you. Yeah, yeah they right. pay you. you, oh, you I mean, okay, you're okay. you're kind of uh, an employee. So, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I've never gotten n- not that I was asking for money. I, every time I contact all these organizations, companies. I've never asked for a penny. I just asked them to support me in my efforts. I'm surprised with the, today's, like today's outlook on the service. On I mean, we have been a war nation for a very long time now. The longest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I would think that we would have, it would be advantageous for a corporation to. Over the top support. So the biggest, the biggest response, and they must share this with each other. They must go to a convention, or they almost all communicate with each other. It's literally verbatim, word for word, the way they they would respond. Um, they would say, um, I forget how it is, but they would say, um, uh, funded athletes or you know sponsored athlete or supporter athletes are closed at this time. Please apply next year. You know, so oh, just like a form letter, just like it's, a, it's, it's an application. I'm like, well, 
I don't do this as a profession. I don't know about this. By the time I yeah, do want to apply for year, it, I'm right? done. Yeah. So, and that's what I would reply with is like, well, I'm just, I'm reaching out because this is like what I need. It's not yeah. what I, not what I want. They couldn't even be bothered to like read the details. Mm-mm. No, they're like, and I would tell them, and so, and I get. It seems like a bad business. It does. Well, I think it falls on, um, you know, the higher echelon, who's training their employees. Because you gotta, I'll tell you right now, if I own no Garmin, which I wear Garmin, you know, and Garmin's not very friendly either, uh, even though I'll tell tell the way it is. Right. Uh, But I love their watches, but they're not very supportive. Okay. So all I can say is that, hey, you know, as if you're working for me, if you're one of my employees, if you see a pretty cool story come about. Go, go to your manager and say, hey, is there a way we can, you know, at least entertain the idea? Yeah. Not just straight say no. Right. You right, know? Right. I mean, there could be different ways of saying no, but I pretty much got a no almost 99% of the time. Yeah, because it just seems like with the, I mean, if you were just someone breaking a world record and... Yeah, dribbling a basketball or something. Yeah, whatever. You know? But I was raising money and right. breaking the record was more of a platform. Like, I, if I didn't break it, that's fine. My my goal was to raise money. Right. But in that industry of the Iron Man thing, there's got to be people making big money off of the wetsuits, off, Without of a the, doubt. Well, off the shoes, the bikes, all that other stuff. You would think that you would want this and then the extra added thing that this guy's doing all this stuff for charity. I don't know. I mean, uh, do you ever plan to, like... You'd be racing against yourself, I guess, if you did ever break that record, the one that you... So I'm, I'm looking at different things to um, you continue to raise money. Because you raised a phenomenal amount of money, right? Yeah, and I want to continue. I want to, you know, it it started off small. small. I, I really wanted to raise, I think, what was that, $1,000 per race, and all of a sudden it exploded towards the end, mm-hmm. and which is phenomenal. You know, it was just great. Um, but I want to keep it going. It, it makes just makes me feel good saying that, you know, if I can break that hundred thousand dollar mark, that'd be great, you know. Right, right. Um, just to say I did it for other people. Yeah. Um, so there's a thing called the Big Seven, or is it, I'm sorry, the Big Six um, World Marathons. So it's held by Abbott. Nobody's yet to do it yet. Not that it's not possible, but nobody's done it yet. Which is Boston, London, Tokyo, um, Chicago, New, uh, Chicago, New York, and Berlin. So those are the big six hardest races to get into. I've done uh, Chicago, Boston, uh, and Berlin, and I got Tokyo, not Tokyo, um, New York uh, on the list. The only two I'll, I'll be probably be missing is just uh, Tokyo and London. Okay. Um, yeah, because I'll, I'll right now I have three. I'll have four under my belt, so there's six. Nobody's done that in in one season yet. Um, not that it's not possible to do it. Nobody's done it yet. Right. And for me to do it. It's it's a pretty cool novelty thing to do, you right. know. Um, people has have done all As six. It raises money, so yeah, people have done it within a three year time span, uh, four year time span, whatever. Um, but nobody's done it in one single season yet, now, and it's really hard because it's from like Berlin just got done. Chicago's this weekend. Okay. Right after Chicago is New York. Oh yeah, right. So they're tight. They're yeah. all super tight, and then yeah. you have like a three week break, then is or four week break, then you have Boston. So it's all done within like four months. Okay, so now all the races that you did, those were all regular. They're real races. Like there was a documentary on Netflix where a guy was trying to break the. I think it was an Ironman or triathlon thing, but some of the races he was doing were simulated. Yes, like are you talking about the Iron in, Cowboy? 
Yes. So yes, I broke yes. his record. Right. Okay. Um, so he had the most, at the time he had the most 70.3 Ironmans, official Ironmans. Yeah. So I broke his. So all of mine are official races. They're not just the distance. I think there's one lady who said she did 100 of them. I'm sorry, uh, one, whatever it was, in 100 days. Yeah. Uh, one per for 100 days or 100 days straight. But the thing is, she was running in her backyard. She was running treadmill. She ran in, she did an elliptical, yeah, whatever, or right, he or right. she. Um, but these are actual races that I've done, which are official ones. So when I had to submit to Guinness, I had to have a photo from uh, the beginning of the race, in the water, coming out the water, getting on the bike, coming out of the bike, going yeah, on the run, huh? everything. And yeah. then I had a race official. I had to have two statements from somebody I didn't, nobody I knew. So administrative-wise, it was it sucked. Yeah, you know, right. I, just, I was like, I don't have to come. Hey, I don't know you, but you saw me finish Besides this race. Besides the fact I had to run, I do the 70.3 miles. I need all of this other paperwork. And to, video. And video to justify. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. And some people that do this, they have a crew following them. I don't have no damn crew. I was traveling yeah, alone. Right. Because, I mean, this the, the Iron Cowboy one that I saw, he was. An RV. It, and okay. Yeah, and he was doing, his, his part of his deal was to do one in each. One 50 and 50. 50 and 50, yeah. right. Which was, you know, it was a gimmick. But it sounds to me like what you... That's the hard. <laughs> right. You need a gimmick better because he was obviously raising money and, and everything else. And then he got a documentary made mm -hmm. about it and everything else. Um, I would think that the more publicity you could get... I mean, um, you know, the stuff I saw on social media, I would share it when, when I saw it and stuff. And, you know, hopefully somebody else would, would donate. But... It seems like what you did was a bigger feat than some of these gimmicky kind of thing. Like running in oh, your backyard thanks, is not. Uh, yeah, or having a crew. I mean, there were people. I saw the documentary. I saw there's people like lined up to give him massages. Yeah, I was right, like, hell, right. I'm paying for massages at Massage Envy. I was like, and that's costing me money, right. and I have to go there. Yeah, nobody's not knocking on my door. Hey, can I give right. you a massage? <laughs> I, I just and he was. I, I don't think there was a call. He was just doing it to do it. Like there was no. Well, cause. he was. He was a pro, I believe. So oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. At the time, and me, I when I broke the record, I only had the season and a half ahead of me. Like I was still new at it. Yeah, so, right, right. I was right. literally sitting on the couch with Kelly. She was reading um, one of her. Oh, she might have been grading. I think she was doing something. And I was reading the USATU USA Triathlon because you know when you sign up for a card, you get these great free magazines. And I saw the different articles of uh, reasons why people were raising money. And then I saw one for you know the most seventy point threes. And I was like, this guy only has twenty three. I was like. You know, start counting. I was like, "That's totally doable." I, I yeah, could, I right, could totally right, do that. Right. And I, and I was like, "You know what?" Prior to that, I was like, "You know what?" My next race, I'm going to raise money. But I didn't think that I was going to raise money to the degree that I've done it today. Sure. So I was just going to raise money for one race because the race, there was. I'm sorry, the, the one I did in Chicago, the Chicago Triathlon, I raised money for St. Jude's. So okay. that's what kind of got the ball started with fundraising. All right. So St. Jude, it all started with St. Jude's, and then I started raising money for others, and then all of a sudden, you know what, I'm going to raise money for the Semper Five Fund, and then I, I want to continue it with, you know, other organizations, and I try to find an organization that has a really low overhead, you know, like, so it's tough to find some that's of these. A, right, that's a smart thing to do, because some of them, there's a guy making $100,000 a year just to run. And that's the, ridiculous, right, I mean, it's right. like, it's then not, it's not really a nonprofit. Yeah, that's, you know, that's something that people don't understand. You can now, you know, if you're doing good work and it takes a lot of work, I understand a guy needs to make money to, to, to do that. If the end result is, you know, a million dollars got put towards breast cancer,
but you made you know fifty thousand dollars doing it. Well, if you didn't pay yourself the fifty grand, would that million dollars exist? Yeah. So there's you know there's a you know a, a necessary evil in that situation. Yeah. But you yeah you know like findings. and I'm not trying to talk crap, but I'll talk crap like I I'm so against the Wounded Warrior Project. You know, okay, right. yeah, I'm totally against it. I now, mean, why? Because I mean, oh, people you, should hear this. Cause... Well, just recently, um, well, sort of recently, a few years ago, I mean, Wounded Warrior. Well, first off, you've been, you, you, we heard a lot of stories about the Wounded Warrior Project suing other veteran organizations or just other organizations that had the word warrior in it, uh, wounded in it, um, and they're actually using lawyers to go make these companies go bankrupt, other nonprofits. Yeah, that makes no you sense. You know, there's a there was an organization. I think it was called uh, Wounded Warriors, not Wounded Warrior Project. They were around way before the Wounded Warrior Project was around. And just because they didn't have an LLC or anything else like that, they were a nonprofit. Wounded Warrior Project shut them down. Yeah, they're trying to break their competition. They which did. is crazy because you're competing towards the same goal. You're, you're on correct. the same team. Mm-hmm. And then that same year, there was Unless a... Unless wh- you're profiting. And they were. Right. There, was, um, there was a whistleblower that finally got uh, fed up. And they're like, hey... Just so you know, they rented an island and they took all the staff there on a private helicopter, you know, for golf, you know, this, you know, these exotic uh, resorts and stuff like that. And they took pictures, videos, and they submitted it. And then, of course, that's when Wonder World Project went from this this big to this big so fast. Oh, Sorry. So that's why I'm in talking the end, right the now. guy that right, and rightfully yeah. so, it sounds like. In the end, the guy who suffers is the guy who's the wounded, actual wounded warrior who's yeah. not going to get what he needs. I did a, a, so I did lobbying, which sounds like a terrible word, but I went to Washington with a um, consumer advocacy group. So it was like not paid lobbying. We went for a full day and we sat in meetings where they explained about this bill that they had, and the bill was getting handicap equipment funded mm-hmm. for everyone for my partner in crime for the whole week five days that we were there with the meetings was a guy that in uh iraq he lost his one arm part of his left hand and both his legs and he was kind of burned up a little bit too but uh and we went in so we went to the 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 seminar and they explained the bill that we were supposed to be promoting mm-hmm. and then we just made appointments with our senators our representatives and stuff like that because they don't know shit they don't know anything i believe you. like it's yeah. like talking to my aunt about you know like uh fishing she has no fucking or construction, construction <laughs> yeah, right yeah. nothing which is so that's the that's the structure of our government we go in there and we talk to these people so we went and did that the entire time and you know there was a lot of guys that were in this guy's situation he goes he goes i get my stuff pretty fast but not as fast as i could you know i could use the the equipment faster where some guys are laid up for three months waiting for the right equipment to come in so they can start getting around you know what i mean he's like because he's got a prosthesis uh, he's got he's got a uh, uh i think he's got a set of legs that he can use but he feels way more comfortable in the power wheelchair than he does yeah. and he had to wait for the chair so it was you know it was tough for him um where the wounded warrior thing helps out with stuff like that or well supposed to right yeah i mean december five fun um i mean once you're i mean they just don't give money or assistance that they don't just really give money they if there's something that you need like let's just say like say wheelchair or mattress yeah. whatever it is you know um something to help your life a little bit better you know yeah um 
the, the turnaround time is very fast. So, and if they know that the need is actually a need, um, most of the time, whatever is that, whatever is that you need, you'll have it within less than 24 hours. Yeah. Wow. Which is crazy. I mean, it's, they're not having to go lobby at a, it, you know, it, at well, the state it's, level I'll or I'll tell anything. you what, being a guy that was injured. So like there's a certain amount of depression that goes on because your life's ever altered, it's changed. Right. And these guys that got, that, that got injured in a combat situation, you know, they're a noble cause and then their life is going to be changed forever. But as a guy, you lose your vanity. It's like, oh, you know, I don't look like I used to look. Can't do what I used to do. You also like... The pride. The pride thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was out at a card tournament like uh, a couple of months after I got home from the hospital. And I was... Oh, I, I lost 40 pounds. I went from 195 to like, you know, 158 or something like that when I came home. And we were playing Hold'em in a tournament. And this guy was like kind of giving me some grief. And my other buddy that was there looked at him and he goes... You give him a hell, huh? And he goes, he goes, yeah. And he goes, that's funny. And he goes, why? He goes, because he's a shit bigger than you. And now he's going, now, now I, this is this was my life now. Now I got to listen to this guy yeah. who I would have ripped him to pieces before. Yeah. Just be a wise ass, smart mouth. And everything else. So that's like my new life. If I was also in a situation where I couldn't, I didn't have good friends, I couldn't get out, I couldn't get equipment. You would be stuck in the house. Oh man, yeah. the depression would yeah. be worse than you know than than you. You already got to deal with some that you got to like you know suck it up buttercup and you know get tougher but like you know getting if the least you could do is get these guys equipment or get these guys help or get these guys some financial aid that's great um so I mean, is the semper fi fund growing you were saying it's getting bigger now still yeah they're they're, they're continuing to grow i mean um it, it's so they i mean they'll assist anywhere from you know, uh, on the educational side of it. So if they know you're going to school, and I know a lot of us well, here in Illinois, we're, we're really lucky. I mean, we have the IVG, which is the Illinois Veterans Grant, and then, of course, you have your dry bill or the post-9-11. If you're from a state like, I think even Indiana or Wisconsin, you just have your GI, you don't have, you just have your GI bill or the post-9-11, which either or. Okay. Um, I mean, that money runs out fast when you're going to school. So if there's something that you need books, maybe an iPad or a laptop, yeah. and they know it's going towards, you know, school yeah. and yeah. of course they vet it and they check it out right you know they'll assist you that way well tell you what if you didn't have to spend a thousand bucks on a laptop that's going to go far for a college student sure you sure, know sure. so it's not just that um so like my thing that i call it's called it uh, i call it recreate recreate i mean recovery through recreation and sport so whether you're recovering from a physical injury a mental injury depression anxiety you, you name it you know yeah. the, whole, the whole spectrum uh, it's a lot better going outside with a fish, with a, with a rod, or if you're going hiking, um, whatever it is, than sitting inside the house playing video games or watching a movie or you know watching a whole series of Netflix, which I still do. I still watch TV. I sit sure. inside, but uh, at least I'm riding my bike when I do it now. Right. So right. at least I got my bike in front of the TV, and I really do. Now, how do they? Right. How do they deal with a lot of the things that the guys come home with are not physical injuries that you can see there. So yeah, there's invisible injuries, which is like, you know, the PTSD, the TBI. I mean, um, like one thing you probably don't know is one of my injuries was actually the back of my head. It took shrapnel on the back of my head. So, I mean, I have TBI as well. So, but I mean, I try not to let it hinder me. I mean, I'm very forgetful. Um, but (laughs) sometimes, uh, I use the excuse that, you know, um, you play stupid you know, just to pretend you're observing stuff like that. I'm just just plain stupid. No, really, I'm stupid. <laughs> no, uh, no, right, no. no. Um, uh, so okay, so now, now when you when you're saying that, like, 
do you, what do you do? Do you write stuff down to try and make sure you keep, do you keep better notes now because of the, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, that, that's, that's, that's probably a really good outlook. I do write down a lot of notes on my, obviously on my phone I, and my, the notepad yeah, part, yeah. but, um, no, I just, um, I, sometimes I try to wing it and, you know, I've got a great support system. You know, Kelly's great with always reminding me and she's the one that created my calendar on our phone. I know there's these apps that you can create. Mm-hmm. So it's a shared calendar that we have. Yeah. It's like you know, a Google calendar. Yeah. She's like, like she, she's like, she reminds me, like, good luck at your, uh, you know, the podcast this morning. I'm like, oh shit, I do have that. Don't yeah, I? Right. <laughs> well, I, mean, I use the Google calendar and like every, uh, everything I have, you know, every computer yeah. I got hooked up to that, my tablet. So yeah, I mean, I'm in the shower this morning yeah. and boom, Mike Mendoza comes up on my tablet, yeah. you know, that. You're going to be here. I mean, well, I it's just not that we all have such busy lives. It's not that we're forgetful. It's just we have a lot going on. Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, no. I mean, everybody does. Students nowadays compare. I'm sure your, your kids are much more busy than you were when you at, at, when you're Absolutely. in high school. Absolutely. That's, that's the just The amount of productivity that we get done nowadays compared to 20 years ago yep. is insane. Yep, you're correct. Um, right. So, I mean, uh, you know, and you would think that with these charities, the, the, that bugs me. That really bugs me that that... Yeah, if you go on their, on their website, the overhead is that for every dollar that you donate, I think it's actually down now to, um, was it 97 cents goes to the veteran. Wow, that's that's amazing. For every dollar that you donate. 3% is all there. Yep. Yeah. So if you go if you go on a website, I mean, and it's all open books. You see these organizations that say, you know, you have to request for the books or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Everything's open, man. Just right, And, that's, and right. that's why I'm a big supporter with them. I'm, you know, I, you know, just they're very, they're black and white. There's no gray. I've so. heard people say things, and they say them out loud. I'm like, I can't believe you said that out loud. You know, that they want to start a, you know, non-for-profit because they're looking to make some income. And I'm like, that's, Well, that's the wrong reason. Right, that makes no that's, sense that's, at all. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, and this stuff, I, I, so, like, I grew up with, a, you know, dad that was a Vietnam veteran, and then uh, I've talked about it before on the podcast. Like, the Rambo movie was uh, a movie that was made because – we weren't treating the vets very well after Vietnam when they came back, right? Like they were. Well, they they drew first blood. No. <laughs> right, right, right. But I mean, you know, they were spit on. They were called baby killer, all that other stuff. Yep. And now, like, I'm so glad that the pendulum has swung the other way. And I hope it just swings that way and just stays that way. That it seems like the general consensus with people is that, you know, we've got to do everything we can. Well, for, sort of. I mean, um, I'll put it this way. Civilians still got to keep their head on a swivel. Like we say, we keep our head on a swivel. I mean, there's dirtbag veterans out there, man, that are trying to take advantage of organizations, take advantage of people that are very kind. I mean, those are the ones that piss me off as well. Like, hey, uh, I've had people talk to me on the side. Hey, you think December 5 fund can, um, you know, pay my rent or you think they can, um, you know, buy me a bike or you think they can. I was like. Who the fuck you think you're talking to? I yeah, was like, right, I was like right. you, you know, I actually That's know the them. Wrong you know, guy, I was right, like, I'm, I'm right. like, I was like, I'm not just fundraising for them, but I'm very good friends with a lot of them, a lot of the staff members. And I was like, just, just so you know, now I know your name. I'm gonna let them know, you know, no assistance should go to you because you're looking to take advantage of something. Right now, okay. So I had two podcasts that I did with a daughter of a guy who was exposed heavily to Agent Orange in Vietnam and mm. he had a lot of neurological issues like real bad till he just passed away here at the Mantino uh, Veterans Hospital or home and she, you know he worked his entire life after he got back from Vietnam at Heinz uh, the VA yeah, hospital yeah. Yep. and th- that's the hospital I go to okay mm-hmm. they said that they're, they're a big part of what they deal with is people who never saw combat who are just claiming disability. Yep, you see those, and those are the ones they call out. 
I love calling those guys out. Right. No, guys like yeah. you who, and you, you'll call out somebody. My favorite people on the planet are like, if I'm wearing a stupid fucking shirt, I'm like, ah, oh, a stupid fucking shirt. And I like that because okay. I, can, I feel like someone's being honest then all the time. They don't give a shit whether they hurt my fucking feelings or not. Not that I'm the, you know, that sense of a guy to begin with. But I'd much rather surround myself with people that were straight, straight, straight to the point of like, I'm straight to the point where I offend people all the time, where it's like they're mad at me because I said something. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I'm just telling you exactly how I see it. You can either adjust your behavior to, to suit it or don't be around me because mm-hmm. that, that's how it's going to be. Um, but I think that those people that are claiming, uh, whether it's, you know, the um, – there was like a syndrome that they were claiming that uh, uh, post traumatic syndrome. PTSD? Well, not that one. No, the one with the, the uh, oil wells that uh, they were claiming health problems from the oil wells being burned in desert. Oh Shore. yeah, they're they're trying to do that now. Something about the um, the air quality and right. I was like, I was right. like, dude, I was around that probably thirty times more than you were. You had the one deployment. Like I was going there even after I got out, and right. I was like, my lungs are just fine. I, I just ran a marathon. I think, that, but the, <laughs> like, how would you? How do you change that culture of, I think inside that they feel like it, it's okay because they served, that they can like make these claims because it's just like free money or something you like that. You know, I'm thinking that maybe, and you know, this is me just, uh, you know, spitballing it. Yeah. Um, they're kind of wishing that they probably saw something and they feel like there's a void there that they got to fill. They got like a survivor's guilt sort of a thing. But but they didn't, but there's nothing that they survived from. I mean, there's yeah, nothing right. that they got away from. Yeah. Um, you, you see those guys that tell these Put it, tell these war stories and I'm like, all right, here we go again, man. I was like, like, I'll talk about what I did. I don't care if you ask me, but yeah. I don't ever really bring it up ever really. You know, right, just people right. say, hey, I saw you're in a history channel. Hey, you know, I saw this and this. I'm like, yeah, what do you want to know? And, yeah. And I love talking about the tactical side of stuff like, you know, the shooting when, you know, when I'm instructing, you know, a lot of, you know, the yeah. period of instructions when I do a lot of, you know, shoot courses and stuff like that. I love talking, you know, the education side of it, the tactical side of it, the operational side of it. I'll talk that all day long. I sure. won't talk about like, hey man, I you know, it's, and this is actually true. You know, um, you know, I remember when you know, I, I we went into a village that just got destroyed by us fighting. You know, you know, some of the terrorists. You know, this lady gave me a baby, and the back of her head, the baby's head, just came off. Ugh, like, I mean, that's right. that's a true story. But you won't hear me say that's. I'm not starting a conversation off that. He's like, I remember I saw this baby. Like the baby's eyes were blinking at me, like it was all okay. It was, you know, it was alive. Yeah. And I was just like, what the hell, you know? Like, I mean, that still sticks to me to this day. Yeah. And that, and that was before I had kids. Right. Right. And then I remember when Seth was born, and I wasn't around when he was born. I was gone. When I finally came home, he was still little, and I was able to hold him. I was like, I really thought about that baby. Yeah. You know, like right. the skull coming off the back of your head and. You can see it, and it's the skull's coming off. You know, it's it's dry blood. It's all like, you can see. There's ma- there's like flies and maggots around yeah. it, and, and of course, medevacs coming in. And you're like, this baby's like, it, not even feeling the pain. Right. But How lucky peop- we are to be born here and not you're correct someone there. Right? Yeah, and then wow. but there's people that talk about like I remember this. I was like, did I ask you about that? You know, just like yeah, uh, right, let, right. Let's right. talk about some of the courses you went to. Like, I got to me, that's my fun talk. Is like going to some of these courses. You know, some sure, of the shoe courses sure, they go sure, to, or sure. some of the training environments we've been in. So. Right, right. No, I mean, and then you know, I would think that the the had to be a very fulfilling life. To how many countries have you been to? I don't know. I have to sit down and write Never, them down. Yeah, yeah. Too, <laughs> many, to, yeah. yeah, too many. Yeah, too many. I have to write them down. Right. So I mean, and a lot of that was like you know. I'm sure that there's a wealth of information, a wealth of, of knowledge that you've learned. I mean, 
you know, if you wanted somebody that wanted to make decisions under duress, you're a guy that's made a lot of decisions under duress. Yeah, we call it shoot, move, communicate, you know, just like you don't just sit there and dwell on it. You know, you got to, when you call it, you know, make decisions under duress, like shoot, move, communicate, you know, that's one of the sayings that we have. Um, But yeah, I mean, um, I have, the only regrets I have is traveling the world is not learning more languages. I mean, I'll say I've probably like in the Middle East, I've probably spent more than eight years, right? Coming and going. Yeah. And I only know phrases. You know, I, I mean, you would think after eight years, you should probably learn. How many dialects, though? I mean, that'd be pretty Well, hard in the Middle East, like, I mean, it's pretty much just Arabic. But once you head over to, like, Afghanistan, there's different dialects there. Um, but, like, I mean, whether you go to Iraq, Kuwait, Jordan, Dubai, um, you name it, Qatar, you know, that's all Arabic there. Sure. So, sure. but it's not like you're... In the United States, you could say we have different dialects too. The Midwest, then you go down yeah, to Louisiana. Southern, right, you you right. can't even talk to people from Louisiana. <laughs> right. Someone in Boston's going to the bar for a beer for 99 cents. Right. So, right, right. But um, you would think after eight years, that's one of the things I do regret is like probably not learning more Arabic. Sure, sure. So, and that's one of the things uh, my kids are learning are, you know, multiple languages. I mean, we have girls from China that live with us. So they started learning some Chinese phrases, not really Mandarin because Mandarin is different than Chinese. I learned that. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't really, I thought Mandarin was Chinese. Yeah. It, it's really not. Sure. 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 Um, but our kids are learning Spanish and phrases in, in Chinese. So right, right, right now do you, but you speak Spanish, right? I do. Yeah. In yeah okay, so, yeah, so we right, speak it right. in the house. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think you had told me that like years and years mm-hmm. ago. Um, so yeah, but the, the, the culture of, you know, of getting money for something that, you know, you're not like, I, I you didn't earn those, it. Right. I wish those yeah. people would understand that you're essentially, there's only a, money's finite. You're taking it away from somebody who needs it, needs it yeah. right. Who needs it bad. Um, and you know, everyone's got their stresses of having to, you know, every day, every day you get up, you're like, Oh, you know, I got, you know, kid, kids college. I got you know food on the table, all sorts of stuff. I get first, that. First world problems, right? Right, yeah, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. <laughs> But when you're somebody who was, you know, had their arm and a leg blown off somewhere else, man, those kind of worries should be something that you could probably pull off the table for them if there wasn't some abuse going on with the funding to begin with from people who don't need it. You know what I mean? No, so you're like, right. I mean, I have my, my really good buddy of mine, Eddie. I mean, I saw him get his arms blown off by an RPG. Um I remember I already had come back from another deployment. He was already still going through you know, rehabilitation for his prosthetics. He didn't have any, he doesn't have any arms. I met up with him in Oakland. He's from Chicago, so we've seen some families um, in Oakland area. And we met up at a bar, and man, we got so we got so blitz drunk. I mean, I mean, I, I spent the night at, at his aunt's house. Yeah, uh, with him. But um, I remember this was the first time I saw him. Um, in a couple of years because he was still going through rehab and still doing some stuff. And he's like, Hey, I'm in town. I was like, I'm in town. So we linked up and, um, he was writing. I mean, he has, his, he has, he has one on one side. He has a hook, you know, that opens up and down like a claw. Sure. Uh, he just opens it with the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, and then the other side, he just keeps it bare. He doesn't like to wear anything. And he went to go sign his check, like the, the bar tab. And he has better penmanship than I do. <laughs> and I, I'm not kidding you. Right, right. But that's just, he became accustomed to the lifestyle of not ever having any arms. Mm-hmm. And to him, it's like you, you just said, you've, you're having the better life than you had, you know, after being in a chair yeah, from yeah. being injured. No, there's all, all kinds of days where I wish I wasn't. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. But I'm positive I would have made other choices. 
I was working 80 hours a week with my construction company and my kids were little tiny guys. There's no chance that I am putting as much time into my son's wrestling to the who knows where you'd be right now No, no, i I don't know what what they would be who they would be i mean i know i know there's things that they missed out on like uh, i miss hunting terribly oh my god well you still can i know uh, i tried a couple times it's like kissing my sister it's just not the same um what do you mean if you give give me an example okay so like um i was a really serious um musky fisherman that was my thing right like i mean i was like serious about it like i read i had books i was you know there's a couple like professional musky guys and stuff like that that i really you know spent a lot of time talking with and like you know just figuring out like i wanted to be successful at it and i was super serious at it when i got injured and stuff like that i've taken my son's musky fishing people like why don't you and i'm like because i could never do it on the level that it needs to be done at you tasted something you're never gonna have that that taste of that right so i I, i'm perfectly i'm not even sad about that i miss it don't get me wrong I, i love to do what i did but i just channel that into I'm teaching my sons how to musky fish, and I kind of like live vicariously, I guess, through them with what they're doing, and then they catch the muskies now. So I bought the boat. I'm in the pontoon boat, and I drive the pontoon boat around. They musky fish, and I kind of coach them. Like, okay, figure eight, you know, at the boat and everything else yeah. they were doing. I'm perfectly fine with it, but when someone's like, well, like they, they think that I should try and do everything I can to get back to musky fishing, I'm like, I'm never going to be as free as I was. And the hunting thing... I uh, had some buddies that took me out deer hunting and stuff like that. The I wish that the things, the, the facilities were better. Like we went out to the uh, tall grass, um, the arsenal area to, to yeah. hunt. And, Not south of Joliet? Right, south of, uh, south of Manhattan. Okay. Yeah, out there. And it's a big, big place. There's lots of deer running around. But all of the accessible blinds, they're a joke. They're like a, they're a park bench sitting in the, like they're, they're not. And the deer aren't going to come. There's no deer. Right. Yeah. I, I sat out there like five times. I watched a couple of rabbits play grab ass. Um, nothing happened. No, nothing was going to happen. I'm not in a spot that's scouted out. I'm not, you know, I can't get into a tree stand. So like, I, I just look at things like, all right, those aren't things I'm going to be able to do. And those are things that my sons would have missed out on. Like if, if I would have never gotten injured, they would have been, better at fishing, better at hunting, because I was serious about those things. I have been hunting since I was six years old. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I have a buddy. His name's Brian. Brian Swift. Have you ever heard of him? No. Um, he has, um, he's, he's here. He lives in Mokina. We're good friends with him. He, it's called um, Swift Outdoor Adventures. Okay. Um, so he's he's a quad. Okay. Uh, I think they call him the quad father. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So he um, he's, big hun- he's big into hunting and being mm-hmm. big into outdoors. And uh, that's one of his biggest gripes was that he, same thing that you said, he can't go somewhere and hunt and like just the way, sure, and enjoy it. So I have a place down in Wilmington. I mean, I made a spot just for him. He literally could, could be it could be van accessible, and he can also get out of the van if he wants to. And it basically rolls right into this one blind. Every time he went out there, he sees deer all the time. He right. always misses them. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, I'll talk to you. He's always seeing them, right? No, yeah, so it, so he takes his son out there, so he's teaching his son how to hunt. So if you need to go out there, man, I, I mean, I'm gone. So I, I think I probably want to go hunt there. I bought that property for, for Seth and Carly and yeah, right. only for us. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but last year we went out in a handful of times. The year before we went out a lot. But he's the only one that's allowed to go on there right now. So if you need to go out there with your son, go ahead. I don't care. I mean, you can I use appreciate that. it. I appreciate yeah. it. Now, some of the other stuff that that, that holds you back, too, is um, I, so 
I was signed out of workman's comp like two months before my injury. So there was no, I've never, no settlement, nothing ever happened that way. I was wait, pretty much on my own. Wait, you didn't have a workman's comp when you got injured? Yeah, right. Well, yeah. So, you know, I don't want to get, Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I, I didn't sign me out. I put somebody else in charge of the insurance aspect and her, it lapsed. Her mother yeah. told her we were spending too much money on insurance to take the guy making the most amount of money off of the comp, make him a salesman. So I was made a salesman unbeknownst to me. That day I was up on a scaffold, broke my neck, and my insurance guy kind of forgot about it too and was like, oh, you're covered. Don't worry. Everything's going to be great. And no, I had $1.2 million of uh, of debt when I came out of uh, rehab. Yeah, and, and that's, that's where... The civilians also hurt like yourself, whereas, you know, we see that in the military. Yeah, you may get patched up, but there's that debt you're talking about, and there's people that take advantage of it. And those are the ones I love to call out. And you can tell, you, sure. can, you can call, sure. you can see a storyteller coming from a mile away. Right. I, I, I guess I have the same sort of thing when I see, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want a handicapped parking spot. I don't, I'd rather not be in that spot. Mm-hmm. But I have a van with a lift on the side, so I need that. I wish they would put some of those spots at the back of the parking lot. I'd park there every time. I could care less. The distance? I'm going to Costco. It's a fucking gymnasium inside there. i got to walk around. Why do I need to be next to the front door? Yeah. I'd park out there. Well, the football over at at Central, ever go to the the, – well, actually, when when I was over there at Lincoln with you, people park in the handicapped spot and in the lines where you're supposed to stay Mm -hmm. clear of it. Mm -hmm. I think there's a couple times – where you probably even rolled up and there's a car there that's not supposed oh, yeah, to be yeah, there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I watch people just jump in the car and leave. Like, yeah. you know, and I'm like, you're not even, you're just abusing this situation. It totally sucks. Whenever I see anybody with the placards that they're abusing and stuff like that, now I'm jaded with that stuff. I'm like, you know what? I don't need it, but I'm sure there's some guy who, you know, if, if I was a guy who had both arms blown off and I was in a chair somehow, well, I probably do need that really close spot, and now you're in. And it's it's uh, it's mindset too, man. Like for you, parking in the back is like hell, man. It's an extra workout for me. Yeah, too. right, right. Well, so it's, it's I'll all, do. Yeah. Uh, um, I haven't been out for a while, but I would do. I've done ten miles in the wheelchair. Just, yeah, you know, pushing. Well, you used I, to do it over in, in Indiana with me. I used yeah, to see yeah, you go, yeah, yeah, I used yeah. To see going around, around the gyms. Around, yeah. Right, right. So I mean, I don't. I still look at my life like I'm going to do whatever I can. From wherever I at, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm a real estate broker. I do general contracting. I'm, I'm doing the podcast. I stay super busy. I'm coaching, all that stuff. But I, some of that's just inherently in me. Like I don't let shit get to me. I just keep moving forward. Other people got more problems. I mean, and if you, you know, like you could be injured just in a construction aspect where you have a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. And you can never be the same again because of that, you know, that injury. I mean, sometimes you can't control that. You know, I've seen guys that just have like, uh, you think that they have Tourette's or, you know, that Asperger's or something sure, like, sure, why are that guy sure. such an asshole? It's like, no, he, he's not an asshole. He's, I mean, he, he, he's acting he like, now. he's acting right, like one. Right. You should still hold him accountable too, though. You know, people who are around him, like, hey man, that's, that, that's, that's your dad or right. that's your son or whatever. I was like you need to start sending them straight. So sure, I, sure. I, I do hold accountability to those around them. So, right. Well, I, so, you know, back to your, your story, I hope that seeing what you've done. And I mean, you obviously got up off the couch because that, that that's a huge accomplishment. I hope that more people step up and, you know, make those sort of, I mean, if one guy can just, you're sitting on the couch with Kelly and you decide, Hey, I could break that record. Oh yeah, and you go do I, it. I, I encourage. And you raise almost hundred thousand yeah. dollars. 
boy, there's a million records out there, guys. You could break yeah. any record. Or just you... go do one race. I mean, I know guys that are now doing iron or triathlons because they, you know, they got a little bit motivated, you know, yeah, just right, just to right, go do it. Right. And I got veteran friends that are now racing on with like what should we call Team Cyber Five, you know? Yeah. Uh, wearing the same singlet or you know that are now doing Ironmans or triathlons or they're running marathons, you sure. know, who weren't doing it the years before. And to tell you the truth, I've only been doing this four five five four years now yeah so i'm not that seasoned into it so you know if, if no, I could, you're more seasoned than most guys are doing four years that's a lot of races man that's, well what i'm saying is like it's not like it didn't take me 10 years to do it yeah you know yeah. so if, if somebody can get off the couch and get out there and just tell hey i'm gonna do my first you know 5k i mean at least it, at least it motivated them. yeah so that's all that matters now, what, so a lot of people don't understand too like um, it's all broken up into classes and age groups and, and male, female, all that Yeah, because everybody has a trophy these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, okay, so um, you got, you know, uh, the brand-new wrestling club, Elevate, uh, yeah. that, that, that's hitting the, uh, hitting the IKWF this year. Um, it's actually the same club, uh, same coaches, uh, just a different name. So, so what's and, Contenders? And and now it's- so Contenders, I think they're still around um who was ran by you know i'm not trying to say anything no, bad no, no. was ran by phil hayes yeah um luke coleman took the reins of it and is doing a phenomenal job i mean what used to cost us 350 to be part of the club and now and cost costing us 150 bucks i mean that's going to draw more kids in just for those families that are financially strapped right, too. right, right. um that covers your card and everything no i'm not trying to promote them yeah, or anything yeah, but I, I am shit. but yeah. it, well i kind of am but um but i mean we have all the same kids, all the same coaches. Right. Um, I mean, they're, I mean, the administrative administrative side of it. I mean, it, everything's getting take, taken care of. Pretty much like picture days, tournaments, you name it. Mm-hmm. I mean, whereas before, like, when is picture day? You know, I'm not. I'm not trying to talk crap. Like, um, are we gonna have a schedule for this year? Um, do we have the room locked on for this week? You right, know, stuff right, like right. that. Yeah, yeah, stuff that right. we shouldn't have to worry about. Sure. So the clerical stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm. I'm sorry, but if you're in management role, I mean take responsibility right, right, and right. Get it done. so luke i mean he's a he's a teacher um he wrestled with siebert down at u of i, I believe um and then uh he's just he's that type a person that go-getter and he's just knocking everything out of the park right now just making everybody you know happy sure, sure so sure, and sure, he's very sure. supportive with some of the kids during off season with football lacrosse baseball yeah uh, stuff that you would see you know some of the leadership that, that, you, that you would want them to see the leadership do and he's He's taking the reins. Actually, you know Barham? I don't. I don't. He was with so us. He was with us. The... He was with us. At really? Yeah. Um, yeah, Barham was with us. But anyways, he's with us. If he, I saw him, I'd probably, I'd probably yeah. recognize him. But I, okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, he's 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 running, helping him run it, too. I'm not running anything, so um, I'm kind of happy because I don't have any time yeah, for anything. Right, but right, they right. do, you know, we, we do talk a lot. And so Elevate, it's still the same club, same coaches, just new name. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You know that 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 it's you know how how are you guys numbers? I mean, your first year. Uh, I think we're sitting just uh, close to sixty kids. Oh, good, good, good. That's so, bigger than contenders was, right? Contenders was smaller than that. Contenders, we had about fifty something. Yeah. So we absorbed okay. a few more. We yeah. lost uh, a couple kids from graduating. I think just two kids. Right. Uh, so we absorbed a couple kids. Um, so yeah, I think the contenders are still around. Um, I don't know what their numbers look like, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't right, know. Right, so. right, right. No, no, no. Uh, and, you know, like, I'm obviously a big, you know, proponent of the youth wrestling. I think everybody should do that. Um, so, I mean, but you had to probably learn a lot through all of the races that you did as far as, like, how you would train, say, your son 
for cardio and stuff like that and just the diet stuff i mean you said you were pounding down calories to keep you know the training going on yeah, i was, te- fuel. I was yeah. telling my sons i go hey old people and fat people diet and exercise you guys eat and train that's what yeah. you do you don't well diet. everybody thinks diet means to lose weight no mm-hmm. a diet is actually just a plan to either get stronger faster you know with, with right. nutrition that is yeah um so when someone says i'm gonna diet Everybody thinks, you know, you think about what, do you, what do I say, hey, I'm going to diet. What do you think of? I'm losing weight. And, yeah. You know, you know, if I could say I'm going to diet. No, I'm actually trying to get bigger. I'm trying to, you know, improve something. Sure, sure, That's sure. what diet really means. Right, right, right. But when it comes to training, you know, not just with Seth, but with some others, you know, it's if you, when you think about it, you know, it's, you know, staying consistent with everything. Everybody thinks that, well, wrestling season's coming up, football season's coming up, baseball season's, I'm going to start working out. Well, why weren't you working out? previously i mean we all have muscle memory yep you know it's all being you know it's 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 conditioning you shouldn't have to work out because the season's coming up sure. it's just it's our lifestyle habit to always be moving right right so right, it's right. so well we i always tell my words that goes like grains of sand in a it's like a sieve situation you got to keep putting sand in there because every time you're dormant the sand's coming out yep, so you're correct keep keep going keep going keep going and i mean you know i try and my boys it's like uh I mean, you're, I'm telling you what, you're going to love high school wrestling. It's so Well, I, I, I actually, since well, since I've known you, I've always been going to high school matches. No, no, so. no, I don't mean that. I mean, like, being a parent, not dealing oh. with youth anymore. Oh. I went back to coaching last year, and it's a nightmare. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe how bad this is. High school wrestling is like everyone's so much more laid back, and it's like it's just so much quicker. It's, I don't know, it seems to be better. Well, organized. yeah, you're not, you're not there. Twelve hours. <laughs> no, right. Um, so, I, like, I saw in the youth stuff that they're starting to do split sessions, which is awesome. Like, they're doing for tournaments where, for tournaments. Okay. Yeah. So, there's a couple tournaments where they're going to run like uh, four year olds to ten year olds. You're talking about local tournaments. Yeah, just local tournaments. Okay. They'll run forty year olds, ten year olds in the morning. Well, you think about Elias has been doing that, right? One, somebody's been doing it, but it's yeah. got to catch on yeah. because. It's a terrible thing to have to spend 10 hours in a gymnasium. Without on, a doubt, yeah. Right, on a Sunday where you could spend four hours in two sessions. Now, if you're a coach, you're going to be there all day anyway. Yeah. But the retention in the sport, I mean, uh, wrestling's hard. You know, it, it's... It, oh, it is. Carly hates my daughter, Carly. She's like, I don't want to go to a tournament. I'm yeah. going to be there all day. Oh, Which, I mean, I, I mean, I don't blame her. It's, no, it's true. I'm not, I'm, I don't that's either. not a lie. Right, right, right. But no, Elias out of Bolingbrook, I mean... If you remember when Seth was just even a Bantam, he always ran a great tournament. He's like, hey, the little kids are going to go at this hour. So, yeah, he's always been doing the split sessions. Yeah, I mean, smart. I haven't talked to him forever, but I'm just telling yeah, you yeah, what, yeah. I, what right, I do know. Right, right, so. right, right. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, all right. So, otherwise, uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I know I had some more questions as far as the – so, now, when you do have something coming up, uh, you said you were thinking about maybe doing some other kind of thing for the like another record or yeah. So it's probably even setting a record because nobody's done the you know the big six in one season yet. Right. So it would be making a, a new standard, I guess. Uh, yeah. Nobody's done it yet. So when I looked it up, nobody's done all six in one season. So and it's really hard to do that. Because you know, so tight I mean, together, right? Super tight together, and it's. I mean, I'm used to it. I, I can race weekend after weekend after weekend. Yeah, I can still do it now. I just recently well last year i did the full ironman down in uh, chattanooga so that's 146 point miles so okay. i did that one the in six days later i did the chicago marathon oh, wow. so i actually felt better doing the chicago marathon i think i ran a three i ran three hours and 16 minutes 
So, I mean, that's pretty, it's cooking. It's pretty fast for after doing an Ironman. Right. So, okay, so yeah, for the people that don't know this stuff, I, I would encourage people to, to get off the couch and go do a half marathon, you know, just whatever you got to do to build up to it. But everything has its uh, classes. Like Seth was running some, like, what, what was the biggest one he ran? Did he run a full marathon? So No, he didn't. He ran um, a half marathon, and okay. I won't allow him to do that anymore. It was just a check in the box. Yeah. So, you know, it's, hard, yeah, it, it's not just well, for little guys, even for kids, anybody who's 18 and under, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, actually, I would say even 20, you right. know, I mean, it's, it's a lot of stress on the body. So we did it and we just looked at it as a long workout. So, right. but yeah, there are categories of, I think, yeah, what are the, what are the adult categories? So adult, co- adult, adult categories, it's you, well, for running, for, for marathons, it's usually a, I think usually a five age split difference. So, okay. so every five years after 18 years old, I think, okay. um, for Ironmans, um, it's every three or four years split difference. Okay, I think I'm not so sure. So there's a lot of you know, we're just we were kind of hinting on the the trophy. Everyone gets every, a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, so, it's actually hard though when your age group. Right, right. When your age group. <laughs> that, that, and I, I don't know how you feel about it. I'll ask because I mean, uh, been around the wrestling stuff a long time. I I see these people posting. I see people posting stuff that don't they don't do anything athletic as it is. They don't have kids in sports the way that we do. Um, the participation trophy thing. Like, I don't think a 12-year-old kid or a 10-year-old kid needs a participation trophy. Mm-mm. I think it's a complete waste of time. But Waste of money. <laughs> I, right, waste of money, too. Yeah. I think that a kid that is four, five, or six who's just getting into a sport, especially wrestling, wrestling is – I almost wish sometimes they wouldn't let them start till they were eight or nine just because – if you're a good athlete, if you're a hard worker and everything else, but you don't find wrestling until you're 10 or 11, it's very difficult to stay in that sport because the kid that started when he was five. If you're only doing the one sport, that's terrible. That some, well, it's an opinion based. Like I said, opinions don't mean right. It's opinion. It's not right or it's not right or right. wrong. But I really believe that you shouldn't be doing a single sport. You know, especially not maybe not until you're in high school at least. Right. But right. you know, do football, do baseball, do cross, do cross country, do track, hell, do tennis. Yep. Golf. I yep. don't care what it is. My, boy, um, my boys played soccer. They played little league baseball. Yeah. They played football. But then that's an opinion. Someone would say. Someone might say you're wrong, Mike. I so, agree. I agree. So. I think people are so caught up in winning, which I don't think that that you know. It'll come eventually. It, right. You just it, the winning should be a byproduct of, of what you're doing, all the work, and then work ethic should be what you're really getting out of everything, not mm-hmm. the the winning part. But so my take on participation trophies is if it was from six years old and under. I would be cool with every kid getting a medal, even if it's a fourth place one, mm-hmm. just because that five, six year old kid, they don't remember any of that shit when they get, they just remember <laughs> yeah. it felt like a good time because I got the medal and stuff like that. So like, I think there's a time and a place for a, you know, air quote participation trophy. Like, you know, the little tiny guys, it's like a four man round Robin and then yeah. they hand out four medals. Mm-hmm. Essentially the fourth place kid got, you know, a medal Last. for yeah. winning nothing. For sure. yeah. Right. And everything else. I mean, that fourth place kid, Probably tried so hard though. Well, here's my, that, that's my take <laughs> yeah. on it. My take on it is this: you deserve that medal because you're here, not playing Nintendo or whatever yes, in the basement. At that age, correct? Right. So here you are, and we what we really want you to do is come back and keep coming back, so you get better, and then you don't get the fourth place. You know, because I think when you're eight, nine, ten, like you should only get top three or whatever. They should get medals. Then you get something to strive for. But like I'm all for, and it, I think the problem is it's always a headline. You know, participation trophies. Yeah, if you're 18 years old, there should be nobody getting a fucking yeah. participation trophy. Well, I'll tell you trophy. what, you've been to quite a few of them. 
but these national tournaments, there are no participation trophies. Oh no, there is no. no, no I mean, no, it's no, right. it's uh, you're gonna you you get what you earn. Yes, so, right, right, for um, sure. No, and uh, well, and that's the other one too. I, I don't know what your feelings are. I know Seth's been on the national level for a very long time and very very successful, but I see some of these parents that are dragging their kids across the country, flying them on planes. The kids, a solid wrestler, he's mediocre maybe, and you're dragging him to get his. He- head hammered in at these tournaments and i almost look at him like why are you doing this yeah this is not his place like trust me i see that more uh more and more not like not because they're bringing it up but i'm kind of like man this kid keep doesn't you could tell he's just he's here because he because he's here you know right right, you know and someone says hey how are you doing i'm here yeah you know i just like it's oh i got your answer there you know i think wrestling Um, is the greatest sport on the planet i wish they would figure out a way to have better retention like it bothers me that people. Well, it's a tough sport, man. I mean, it, it, trying to figure out how, how to keep somebody, you know, how to retain somebody in a sport. It's not just wrestling; it's in, it's in a lot of things. I mean, you got to think the, the retention rate, even in in baseball, is you know they're, they're oh, losing yeah, those, no, kids they're cause, those kids because well, sure. I yeah. mean they. Um, I mean, I remember uh, Seth just quit baseball about a year ago, and they wanted him to play. I don't know how many games over the summer. I'm like. Uh, when are we going to go fishing? When are we going to go camping? Mm-hmm. Um, when right. are we going to do our family trip? Right. Uh, can you do the Memorial Baseball Tournament? I was like, no, we're going to be doing family stuff. Or can you do the July 4th Tournament? Whatever it is. Yeah, um, I wish there were more hours or more days in the week because there's not the time for that stuff. So that's the good part about wrestling is that you can choose your schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to even, I'm talking about local tournaments too. Like you don't have to go to all these. Whereas in, I mean, Carly does the travel soccer, you know, and she's kind of like voicing her opinion. Like, I don't like doing all this you know and, and we're listening you're like well yeah, why travel, don't you? I mean, it's so expensive anyway right so i mean like you're almost yeah. forced to do every tournament that there is that's what it is and if you don't do it then you don't play i was like well i get that part i mean you have one kid that's dedicating their time they should get a playing spot over somebody who's like i'm just gonna go when i want to go mm-hmm. i get that part um but when they're saying hey for soccer hey we got 40 games this year 40 games in in two months yeah, <laughs> you know, just right. like that's ridiculous. So, yes, right. I'm, that's, right. I'm exaggerating, but you know, so like I don't know anything about travel soccer. How far are you traveling? Well, I mean, Carly would go all the way to like Michigan City, you know, uh, out there, you know, on the beaches. So they would do beach vault, beach, not beach um, soccer, mm-hmm. uh, sand soccer, whatever you want to call it. Um, they somewhere in the far northwest suburbs, all the way to um, Palatine. You know, it's, I mean, to me, that's not far because I'm used to traveling on my own and then I'm used to Seth too. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a wrestling, we go all the way down to Springfield, you know, we can go all the way up to Tulsa, Reno, uh, Wildwood, New Jersey, yeah, right, you right, know, that's, right, that's traveling right, for right. me. Yeah. For um, sure. but retaining some of these kids in wrestling, it is hard. I mean, you need to have the way I've done it and I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it's working for us every other year. We'll have like what we call a loaded schedule maybe not loaded but like so this year is our loaded schedule last year we didn't go to as many tournaments and we didn't wrestle as many times last year okay so every other year we're kind of like you know right you know, uh, so now with, you said seth is so he's gonna be done playing baseball then like that's yeah he doesn't want to do it he's done with baseball yeah, so. my guys were the same way my mm-hmm. guys were like you know at some point it was like he likes was, running though so yeah right no that's and that's awesome anyway because that's great for cardio for wrestling oh for sure it's great it's, it, you know what people think oh running is just running actually it's a mind game too i mean willpower yeah right? it, it, it's, it it's a mind game you try running for you know people say oh it's only running 20 minutes worth oh yeah run 20 minutes but try to keep your mind you know focused mm-hmm. and concentrated mm-hmm. like you know breathing form you know actually when i do 10 miles in the freaking wheelchair it's like almost three hours 
Yeah. It's crazy. I'm like, I'm out there so forever. It's, it's a going. mind game. Yeah, just it's a maturity going, thing, put it that keep way. Keep going, keep so. going. Um, so now will he start to do any? i never seen him around freestyle or Greco or anything. So he dabbled in it um, the first tournament this past season. Mm-hmm. He did really well. He he won. Yeah. Um, right, right. But we didn't do the state tournaments because we looked at it. I was like, man, that's a long drive. For... I'll be honest, it doesn't matter anyway because it's it not even that popular until they get into high school. Yeah, yeah, the Fargo and all right. that stuff. I mean, uh, my guys did some Greco and some some freestyle when they were little guys, and there's just not a lot of competition there. Seth would blow through it anyway. Um, but uh, once you're in high school, there's a lot. Like you know, that and that's why we haven't been. I mean, we'd, we'd rather go do other fun stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah. we dabbled with a couple of tournaments here in Illinois. Um, so he has done, you know, freestyle in the Greco, right. um, he's been training it for a long time, so it's not new to him. Yeah. The only thing that will be new are the tournaments. Yeah. So right, it's, right, right. it's, it's in his repertoire. I mean, it's in good, his back pocket. Good, good. So I like to see parents that, I mean, Seth's one of the top kids in the nation and you're still keeping it grounded with, Hey man, we need some time to go fishing and we need some time to, you know what I mean? Like you're not like, I see parents that like. The minute that their kid shows any signs of success, they go off the rails. Like the parent loses their mean? mind. What do you mean? Well, the minute that their kid, you know, wins a win something, you know, like I saw a parent take their kid to a, and I don't know, they sometimes are like, they distort the reality themselves too. The parent takes their kid to a national tournament. They luck out, they show up and there's six kids in the bracket and the kid takes first place and there was nobody there to wrestle. And now... Their kid's a national champ, and they're making the kid do. Yep, I don't get. I, I think like, I can figure that's whoa, where you're going. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> slow down. And now the kid, and then Pump you know, the brakes. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're drumming that kid out of the sport because you've all of a sudden upped the ante to like every time you go to a national tournament, he's got to win. Well, that's not going to happen. You got to reality was you showed up and there was nobody there. And there's way to there's ways to train around that. And this is what I do with Seth too. I mean, it, it's no secret. I talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like and Seth. Now Seth's a Seth's a. Uh, a breed apart. He's a disciplined kid. That kid from a young age was like paying attention to diet. And like, I mean, you know, he would, you guys were doing really good with the food and everything else that he was making and the treadmill. Oh, he makes everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Here's right. Cat. Yeah. There, <laughs> there it is. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and that still, I mean, that still applies to today. I mean, I mean, it's, if you don't know that having too much sugar is bad for you, when I say bad sugar, I talk complex sugars. I mean, yeah, uh, right, the simple right. sugar is not complex sugars. Refined if, sugar. The yeah. White sugar. If, if you don't know that's bad for you, then uh, you need to go back to, you know, health class. Right, right, right. My cat's going to totally. That's yeah. okay. It probably smells my cat. <laughs> there you so, go. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good OCD, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's, it's not the OCD. Like, oh, you're going to turn the knob three times, you know, it's the OCD of like, um, should I be having that? Let me look it up. Like everything's look up. Everything's yeah. Google. Everything's right. research good, good, with good, him. Great, so, great. um, and he does that with everything. I mean, it's, he's, he is a unique kid. I'm not just saying that cause I'm his dad, mm-hmm. but he is very different. No, he is. Um, I, I was in the group of people that were coaching him when he first, you know, showed up at the Lincoln Way wrestling club. And he was a kid that there's certain kids when you talk to him, like coaching wise and you look him in the eye and you're explaining something you knew that like Seth was getting it. Yeah, he was. He was coming in there. Other kids, you'd be talking to him, and in the middle of the sentence, he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I lost Adult, "Adults, I lost do, that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, adults the, do that." Right, right, right. Adults do that. Attention deficit disorder. But, <laughs> but anyways, um, well, good man. If if anything comes up that there's something that I'm um, actually. I think I had like 15,000 minutes in the last 28 days of people like viewing a thing just on YouTube and stuff like that. If there's something coming up that I could be of any assistance at all in promoting, 
you know, you raising well, money. I'll, I'll, for, I'll shoot it over to you. I mean, don't thing. Yeah, like give me some the, links, all that. Yeah, stuff. well, I mean, I'm, I'm getting my schedule ready for the next year of what races I want to do. And, um, and it's not about, like I said, hey, look at me. Look at my races. It's mm-hmm. literally, I try to raise a minimum. Now I'm back down to like $1,000 per race. And people are like, oh, that's a lot of money. If you think about it, $1,000 per race is not a lot of money. No. It's, no, it's no, not. And, no. and I said, all this money is going to others. And, and right now, actually, I'll probably start pushing out to you. But Seth really wants to help out, you know, disadvantaged youth athletes, you know, you know, better themselves, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, even if it's paying for their put put it towards wrestling if it's paying for the wrestling season if we can pay for their card or if we can pay for something sure you know stuff's you know, I, I will come out with it but he has a pretty cool idea that he's doing at the house yeah and so he'll be we'll be pushing it out soon good good yeah. Yeah, i'm looking forward yeah. to seeing it so well cool man uh you know i like i said uh, i think we hit the, the 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 basics of what you did a big phenomenal uh, accomplishment and uh Hope to see you do more, man. I was yeah, I'm, I'll be busy. I'm always around. I'm so. not easily impressed with people. <laughs> you know, when you're when you're <laughs> busting around a wheelchair all the time, somebody doing something, something's not that impressive. But yeah. you know what you did is, and it, it's good that I'm glad that I do always get concerned when I see service guys who saw a lot of action and stuff. Like I worry about their mental. Oh, I do too. I worry yeah. about my own. <laughs> no. Well, right, right. No, and I mean I. I've spent time talking to you, and I've never got the feeling that you were off in any mm-hmm. way as far as that goes. Like, you've definitely dealt with it well. Hopefully, uh, somebody else can draw some uh, inspiration or example. Well, there's a lot of guys you. out there. Not just me. There's there's tons of guys out there like that. There are solid individuals. Yeah. I like to think I'm a solid guy, but there's a lot of guys out there that are solid individuals. And I've always surrounded myself with those guys. So, like I said, you become who you hang out with. Right. So, And that's right. one of those things is hopefully, you know, I was marrying – you know, good people. Right. That's right, all. right. Right. And hopefully Seth and my daughter marry me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, Hey, that's, you know, as long as you're, you know, giving off the good vibes, I would, I would think that that stuff's easy to pick up on, especially mm-hmm. for kids. I know, uh, uh, I've seen your son in a couple of interviews, uh, and he's definitely, you know, like you're a big part of his inspiration for what he does and the motor that he has. Mm. He's, I mean, he's, you know, said it flat out. My dad's, you know, this. Uh, Peyton was interviewed for the paper and he, you know, made a whole thing that my dad this, my dad that. And I Feels looked, pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. better than good. Yeah. I looked at yeah. their. Don't, don't forget mom. Right. We were, we were, yeah. we, <laughs> we were sitting there at the table. I'm talking and Kelly. I, right, right, right. There you go. There you go. Right. I was like, uh, we were uh, sitting at the table, and I read the article that they interviewed Peyton, and I was like, you know, I'm not a crier, but I was like, wow, that's pretty good. And I was mentioned a couple times in there, and I looked at him, and I go, hey, everything I did to drive in the area were even. I looked at the other boy, and I go, you got a little work to do yet. <laughs> that's awesome. Even. Remember, we don't cry. Just usually someone's cutting onions. Yeah, you know, right, 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 right. <laughs> well, tough guys, you know, they, I guess they're, they're supposed to be guys that cry more than, than other guys. But uh, yeah. Um, this part of the podcast where I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Do me a favor, please click this red subscribe button. This is not for money, but you know, if I'm not, if I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere with it, if I don't feel like I'm gaining subscribers, then, you know, it doesn't seem like a thing to do. If people are listening, especially with, with ones like today's podcast with Mike, like the more people that are listening, the more people that might look up the Semper Fi fund and then help out a guy who needs help. Um, so please click the subscribe button. By all means, if you've got some information about this podcast, about any podcast, comment in the in the you know uh, area below so that I'll engage with you. Um, if there's something that you're looking for 
from Mike. I will try and push the contact information over so that we can help out guys with the Semper Fi Fund and, and get some stuff done. But uh, uh, thanks, man. Right. Yeah, and if they have Good any talk. questions, then they get uh, thepatrioteracer.com. There you that, go. That, okay, that the website. Like, yeah, and that has information on just my races. I, right. I blog a little I'm bit. I'm going to grab a uh, good. I'm going to grab some pictures and some links from you. Yeah. Um, send them to me so I can yeah, we'll do that. the video. And I'll put them in the, uh, even the audio one. I can find them somewhere. So. Cool. Right, thanks. thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it.